Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play podcast. Every episode microplot is a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these adventures in any order and can skip any you don't enjoy. Today, we are using the combat mechanics from a game called Dragon Slayer 2nd Edition. It's our first time playing, so we might make some mistakes. If you enjoy these mechanics, you can find Dragon Slayer on DriveThruRPG. Build your own Dragon Slayer player and play the game with friends. Speaking of friends, today we are joined by... Errol. Uh, yes, I am a four-foot-tall halfling. Uh, I have a burn scar on the right side of my face as well as an eye patch on my right eye. Uh, I wear a large, wide-brimmed hat with a long feather protruding from it, as well as a large, puffy shirt, and many gold rings on my fingers. Uh, currently, I am I have a coffee-flavored cupcake that is a little bit stale, and I am currently in, enjoying it thoroughly. I've held on to it for a long time, and it's aged a little bit. It's got that nice uh, texture to it now. Ooh. <laughs> and, uh... Vincent van Vendrix V is an elven man wearing a tattered black-and-white duster and battered top hat with a white peacock feather sticking out of it. He has black hair with white highlights and white symbolic eyes lining the seams of his coat and his hat. He seems to be very worried at the moment and deep in thought. And my name's Chico Barrett. I'm a three-foot-four-inch-tall desert cottontail rabbit folk with tan fur, white chin, belly, and orange paws. Wearing a cotton shirt, denim overalls, a straw hat, and I got a backpack filled with straw. And I'm currently just sitting around folding some origami or making one of my little straw rabbit dolls. Okay, so as you guys are sitting in the guild hall, um, one of the uh, guild members comes over and tacks a new... Uh, job notice up on the board, um, looks at you three and says in his high-pitched dwarven voice, if you guys need a new job, there's one available. And he goes back behind the bar. Man, I'm in such a good mood. I can't wait to take on a job. I Chico jumps up and immediately takes it. He's feeling, he's in a good mood after everything that happened with his family. And the wait closure with that. Hmm? Uh, real quick, how is everybody dressed? Like, how well-dressed would you say everybody is? Very commoner. Just, I look like a farmer. I look like a rabbit farmer. Uh, Errol, Errol has not finery, but I would say he's he's not, he's well dressed for an adventurer, but not like overly elaborate. I'm All dressed right. for farming. <laughs> <laughs> I am just a, your tip, average, just your typical farmer. Nothing more. Uh, Errol sees farmer. Chico with the flyer, and he's like, Chico, old friend. It's good to see you again. Oh, hey, Errol. Nice to meet how's, you again. How's the family back in Bramblebrook? Oh, it's it's everything's fantastic now. Every, everything's well. It's no longer normal, but that's a good thing. Everything was so everything was so horrible there before, but now everyone's everyone's doing their own thing. A bunch of my family's gone off and doing their own thing now, and my my cousin stopped trying to kind of come after my tail. And oh man, everything it's just a whole way off my shoulder. I tell you what. Man, now I can just focus on myself and figure out what what I want to do with myself. And man, I I just can't wait to do a job. You want to do this job with me? Yeah, I think there's a, another adventure over there we might could recruit. Oh yeah, who was that? Nice to meet you. Uh, hel hello, my name is Vincent von Vendrix the Fifth. I 
do apologize, as I have mildly eavesdropped on your conversation, but I would very much enjoy to go on a on an adventure with you guys. Uh, anyone who has a feather in their hat is always welcome with me. I appreciate the style. Oh, shucks. I can't wait to have another another hand on this adventure. This will be fun. Nice to, nice to meet you, Mr. Vincent. Nice to meet you, too. Um, I don't think I got your names. Uh, Errol you... Corvidbow at your service. My name's Chico Barrett. Errol and Chico. All right. I think I'll be able to remember that. Very wonderful beginning. He seems to kind of pause in between his words and seems a little bit off as you um, start picking up on his mannerisms. All right, so what's that flyer say, Chico? The flyer says, Help wanted brave adventurers for the protection of Briar's Glen. And then there's a map to a a, a city up north. Um, Vincent, you recognize that this town is familiar to you. Um, it is within the lands you grew up in. I don't want to give too much away. If you want to explain to your cohorts your younger life, this was within the realm of where you're from. All right. I forget how to pronounce it. Albion, right? Sure. All right. So uh, this is actually... Very close to home, where I originally grew up. It's up in Albion, strangely enough. And it just says adventurers wanted? For the protection of the town of Briar's Glen. I gotcha. Briar's Glen. Protection gig. Briar's Glen. And it's not on the main road, but if you guys wanted to catch a caravan or something, it's a pretty easy path to get there until you get to the mountains. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think it should be simple enough to get there. Um, we can catch a caravan. I, I'm sure there's even a wagon that would be able to take us there or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And this seems pretty dire because... Wait, you said that, that was all that was written? Yep. It seems pretty dire because they didn't have enough time to really write any, like, any details about it. Probably didn't have enough time to really mention anything. So we should probably get get going right away for you know some for some something bad happens. All right, let's catch a wagon. Okay, so it's it's a couple of days journey. It's pretty uneventful. Like I said, it's a main road. Um, once you get off, it's some hard trekking through some winding paths. But again, this is a safe area by and large. There's no bandits or anything. Um, but as you guys are walking through the mountains, you come to this beautiful valley. And nestled into this valley is the town of Briar's Glen. Uh, it's it's a small town. Maybe a hundred people or so live there. The valley, though, is carpeted with farmland. Um, everybody roll to see if you see... I don't know what it's called in Dragon Slayer, but basically a perception check to see how much detail you see from where you are. I believe in this one it's intellect because there's Int- a passive yes. intellect. All right. Second... And it's an easy one, so plus two. Or yeah, it has to be at least a two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I, I got a four. Eight. I got an eight. Are we doing the all dice explode, or are we only doing fighting dice explode? Uh, no, we're doing all dice explode. So in this okay. game, if you roll your highest dice, you get to keep rolling it 
as long as you hit your highest dice and you keep adding to it. All right, so I rolled an 8 on a d8, and I rolled a 4, so 12 total. Okay, so what everybody sees is along the edges of the valley where it starts to get piney and the mountains start, um, along the right-hand side, so the eastern edge, uh, there's a couple of farms that seem to have been burnt out. Um, One of them is still smoking a little bit. Uh, Errol, with your really good roll, um, you can see a little further ahead into the town, and you actually see three large armed orcs walking through the fields towards the town. Their weapons aren't drawn, but it is very clear they're making a beeline for the town. Uh, Are they carrying torches or anything that looks like they might have started the fire? Nope. Not that you can see. And and you said they're heading towards the town, but they're not currently in the town? Correct. Uh, friends, I, I spotted some orcs up ahead. They're armed, and they are headed towards that burned-out village. Uh, I'm not sure whether they are a threat or not, but I think we should investigate further. Hmm. I agree. Let's let's head on over there. Let's, uh... Maybe the two of you looking so dashing might be able to convince them or get some information out of them. Me, I, not so much, but I tell you what, I could probably hide in the, you know, hide in the, uh, the farmland here. That would be all right, and kind of stay stay hidden until some in case something bad happens, and I can get the drop on them. Hmm, that sounds um, like a good idea. Yeah, I'd be willing to walk up and try and uh, be the face of this situation if you'd like. All right. So you guys are approaching the uh, the town. Yes, I'd like to make a stealth roll. Okay. Once once I need, once I need to to keep out of sight, I'm I'm sticking along with them, but I'm staying hidden in the farmland. Okay, then go ahead and make that stealth roll. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would like to stealth too up up until we get closer to these individuals. Okay, go ahead and make your stealth roll. Okay, what was the target number? It's easy. Nobody's looking for oh, you. Okay, so two. My, I rolled a four. I got a seven. Then you are very, very sneaky. Um, as you guys approach, you start... As you approach, people from the town have come out to confront these guys. Uh, in the head of the group that you can see as you're approaching is a very tall woman with uh, dark skin, um, almond-shaped eyes, straight black hair. She stands about six feet tall. Um, the people, she has a group of scruffy looking farmers behind her. Uh, she's clearly a working woman. Like she is strong. She's big. She's a farm worker herself, but she is very clearly in charge of the group behind her, um, and is talking to the orcs. Uh, you can hear a couple of snips of conversation. You hear her say, you know, you hear the orcs, uh, you get out of our land. She's like, we've lived here for hundreds of years. This is our land now. And, you know, things are, they're getting heated, but nobody is reaching for weapons yet. Mm. And that is the scene that you guys are walking into. Um, at this point, Errol will just saunter right up into the middle of this conversation. Uh, he will stand by the woman with the dark hair. Uh, he'll pull a cigarette case out of his uh his uh, pants pocket and opens it up and there's pieces of licorice and he's like, friends, friends, I believe we can settle this in a friendly manner. Would you all care for a piece of licorice? I offer to orcs and everybody on both sides. Um, what 
kind of check would that be? I think it's a, like a persuasion check. So I think Will is the persuasion. Yeah, Will, for this go ahead and make. I'm gonna say this one's difficult because they are a six. Well, what's your actually? What's your uh? What's I your will? D, I got a D10 for. Uh, okay, so will. yeah, go ahead and uh, we'll say D6 because it is more likely you won't get this. <laughs> so am I rolling a D6 or I'm no, rolling a D10? No, you roll a D10, you need a six or better. I got you. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Seven. Okay. Um, Kind of calms down for a second. Everybody looks at you. It, orc- I'm sure that w- this can be settled in a very friendly manner. Uh, friend orcs, what is it that what is it that you need from this town? What are you trying to get from them? Are you the ones that set this fire? They look at you and go, "This land is ours. The old world has died. The new world has begun. Treaties are null and void. You have three days to leave the land, or we will come and burn you out, whether you are here or not." And with that, they turn and start walking away. I'll look at the uh, lady and I'll say, uh, uh, ma'am, I'm Errol Corvidbow at your service. Uh, what is your name? Do you mind if I inquire? Oh, geez. Pleased to meet you. The name's Sydney McCready. Are y'all from the Fire Breathing Kittens? Uh, why, yes, ma'am, we are. Well, thank God you're here. You know, these, the couple, last couple of weeks have started to get real crazy. These, uh, this, this band of uh, orcs that have lived with us for, you know, a few hundred years out of nowhere just started uh, burning farms and stealing livestock. Luckily, nobody's been hurt yet, but uh, they started threatening us to they're going to burn us out of our homes if we don't leave. Has uh, they, have they told you why by any chance? Well, they, they said the, uh, the old world is dead and the new world has begun and... Uh, you know, we we have a treaty with them that says this land is ours forever, and now they're uh, they're not buying it anymore. They say we gotta leave. Hmm. Um, ma'am, do you have a copy of this treaty, or who who could we speak to to take a look at this paperwork? Oh yeah, we actually uh, we we got a copy of that treaty. Of course we do. Uh, we've got it in our uh, town hall. We've actually got uh, a, a wizard happened to be in town. Uh, he's taking a look over it, uh, helping us understand it a little bit better. But, um, uh, what what is this person's name? Um, well, we call him uh, Wizard Doriel. He's a divination wizard. Calamon Doriel. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Calamon, quiet <laughs> fella, doesn't speak up very much. Do you know him? Uh, yeah. I, I, it seems like he's always there when I need him. <laughs> well, I suppose with uh, with divination, that's uh, a handy skill to have. All right. Well, I will. I will speak to Kalamon. Uh, we go a long ways back. I'll figure out. I'll, we'll try to get to the bottom of this and help you out. Well, excellent. Yeah, town halls. Uh, just go right down the street. It's the only uh, stone building in the city. All right. Is there anything that you guys would like to do before we go check out this treaty? Well, I kind of want to remind the group in case everyone forgot. We got three days till they come here, so we got plenty of time to investigate, kind of overview everything, and come up with a plan. But yeah, let's go to the town hall. Sounds like a plan. I don't think we have any other leads. Um, so as you guys are approaching the town hall, uh, outside is a message board. Um, on it, you know, is some uh, looking for lost dog, looking to sell old horse. Uh, and there's also a couple of wanted posters on there. Um, and one of them is actually uh, 
It says, uh, hold on, let me pull that up. Uh, Lord Vandrix is seeking the thief of his fortune. Wanted, dead or alive, Vandrix V. Vandrix V. There's no picture. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds very... We've <laughs> just met, I feel like we've met someone that has the V-lettered name with the fifth, and everything is just obsessed with Vs, but I have no idea. What do you think, Vincent? Uh, he <laughs> just says, uh, I'm not sure. This fellow sounds very handsome, if, but unfortunately, <laughs> the, it just doesn't ring a bell. And he just slowly reaches over towards the wanted poster and takes it down, crumples it up behind his back. Was was there a reward listed before before he yanks it down? Was there a reward listed for the Vandrix V? Not that you saw. It just did say that his fortune for was stolen, so I don't know how much he'll uh, he'll be able to compensate you. I was going. Chica's going to be saying, "I don't understand a wanted poster without a face on it." There's no one can. Oh, people are just going. Are you this guy on the wanted poster? It doesn't have a face. Is is this your name? I don't get it. Or at least a description, you know, like... Well, you are in the land, so it would be assumed that you that they had met the, uh, the Lord's son beforehand. Also, on a completely unrelated note, if anyone asks, my name is Victor, not Vincent. <laughs> oh, it, oh, did I get that wrong? You said your name was Victor? Oh, that's just uh, a nickname I go by in these lands. Completely unrelated reason, though. All right, we'll start calling you Victor while we're here. <laughs> uh, Victor, I bet you've met Thomas Underhill before. You know, there's another <laughs> member of the Fire Breathe Kitten that goes by a bunch of different names. And man, she does love her gold. <laughs> <laughs> What's not to love about uh, gold? It's a wonderful commodity that keeps the world going around. <laughs> well, in my opinion, you don't need gold, you just need... Find your own kind of happiness. That's what I've learned from from my uh, from people that have been teaching me life lessons. That you know what what you what what you love is what you is you know you have to find on your own. That's what I'm looking for. And right and personally, I don't really see it as gold or riches or fame. I, I have no idea what it is. So that's what I'm looking for. Well, uh, Victor, personally, if a friend of mine and you are a fire breathing kitten now. So I consider you a friend. If you ask me to call you Victor, you are now Victor. Well, thank you. Um, let's go check out this uh, treaty and see what's going on there. All right. Also, so you... oh, go sorry, ahead. Uh, real quick, before they go, uh, Vincent will say, um, and as another completely unrelated thing, I'm going to change my appearance while we're here. And he's just going to like wave his hand in front of his face and he'll look like a completely um, mundane uh, cobalt wearing raggedy clothing. That's impressive. Well, Thank hey, you. Well, well, hey now, you actually changed your voice too? That's pretty nifty. Why, thank you. I've been practicing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so inside the town hall, uh, there's a stage... Not really a stage, but, you know, a lectern set up on front of a step up. Um, there's a couple of tables scattered about, uh, and sitting in one of them is uh, Errol's friend. Uh, pronounce his name for me again. Uh, Kalamon Doriel. 
Kalamon Doriel sitting hunched over a table with papers spread out in front of him, uh, furiously copying notes and things. Kalamon, I recognize your old stink anywhere. He looks up and goes, Oh, Errol, it's so good to see you again. So, uh, you're always around when I need you, man. What's what's going on with this treaty? We we got a flyer saying that these people needed help, and I told them I'd look into seeing why these orcs were attacking the town. Somehow I knew you'd be here. It's the curse of a divination wizard. Well, the, the, there's two versions of this treaty. There's There's the language that we're speaking now, which is what this was written in, but there's also the language of the people... Of the mountain, the orcs that you met. It's a little different. Uh, in, in one treaty, the, the one that the people of Briar's Glen have, it says that this land belongs to them forever. The other treaty says they have this land as long as eternity flows. Is there a, is there a person who was listed as the scribe or the author of this particular document? No. Hmm. This sounds like a classic swindle to me. Well, they're they are dated. Sorry, they're dated at the the same time they were written at the same time. It seems that there's there's an issue with translation. Mm. The the people of the mountain, a lot of their language is symbolic. It's storytelling in the language. They don't have a word for forever. At least from from what I can tell from speaking to a couple of them and uh, reading some things written about them that they talk about the flow of eternity. Well, when is the flow of eternity, if you don't mind me asking? I don't know. Does it say anything about the old world in the orc version? Uh, there, there's, there's mentions of the world flowing from eternity, but... No, there's there's no there's no mention of worlds, not in this treaty or anything I've seen. The orcs specifically said that the old world is dead and that ended the treaty. So I, I'm curious to what it seems like some event might have happened that was like a prophecy trigger or something in their lore. So I guess we'd have to go speak to them directly. Yeah, I like that idea. They don't sound like too bad of people. They it's just a miscommunication. It just. Did something? Did something? I, I could see how, how why they're angry because when some a treatise says to keep the land forever, now who would do that? I, I'm sure they forever until something happens. Did we? Uh, I'm sorry, Chico. I didn't mean to overrun you. Uh, so the other thing we we heard the thing about the treaty, but we didn't actually investigate the situation with the fire. We don't know for sure that the orcs set the fire. That wasn't established. Um, I think. Uh... I think Sydney said that they did start coming in and setting the fire. Uh, yeah, to the... she did mention that they've burned a couple of. Well, I meant to mention if I didn't that uh, they've burned a couple of uh, farms, but nobody's been hurt yet. They've all been happening when people are either out in the fields or no one is home. Nobody has been hurt or killed yet, but things are escalating. So it's not just a simple misunderstanding. They are looking to do harm. Was that but... a question to me? No, I was just speculating to the group. But, uh, yeah, I'm open to, like, speaking to them first before we draw weapons, but it definitely seems like they are not afraid to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, they have a brutish show of force, and they, they're under the impression... Well, I should speak with you. And they are under the impression that 
these people are holding their land and wanting to start a war unless they get off and they have no idea. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation no matter who you side with, you know? Yeah, it sounds like they're... That even if they stay here on the land, what's going to eventually happen is more fire and maybe someone will get hurt. And I don't want that. Alright, so what do you guys think? Should we go talk to them directly? Let's go Let's go talk to the orc first and let them know what we found out. That there's a miscommunication and, you know, not to be so brutish and burn them down because they don't know anything better. Do you think we would glean anything from investigating the burned farms before we go? Let's do that, yeah. Can't hurt to look. Okay, so you guys want to go out to one of the burned farms? Yeah, just to see if we got any clues. I mean, because it could be, maybe the orcs did do it, but maybe it was a su- like a small group of orcs that weren't tied to the major, like, group. Okay. Um. So you, uh, as you are heading out, it's farmland, so it's, you know, it's not hard to get there. You don't have to make navigation checks or anything. Um, so yeah, you get to the farm, no problem. It is a burnt out farm, uh, a farmhouse anyway. Uh, the fields seem to be untouched. There's no, there's no one around except for you guys. Um, I would like to look for like a, a number of tracks or any like type of accelerants that might've been used. Any clue as to like how this was done also um for details you said that that just the house was burned down or and the farmland was untouched yep the farmland is untouched uh the barn didn't get burned down just the house just the house okay Mm -hmm. while no one was in okay yes uh make an intelligence check actually chico you're from a town right Mm -hmm. are you from a farm farm, right yep Okay, you realize that the house probably had a thatched roof, and the barn has a shingled roof. Mm-hmm. And thatch burns really, really well. Mm-hmm. Shingles, not so much. Right. Hmm. Do I'm with that information check the inside of the barn. Oh, well, before we step onto the property, can we? is there anyone around? Or Nope, not no. that you can see. I'd like to sneak up to the barn and check inside. Should I roll a stealth check? Yes, please. Okay. And that is going to be... Actually, that's going to be an opposed check. Mm-hmm. Well, I roll the four. Let me see what I roll. Give me just a second. Okay, well, you beat my one. Uh, so you sneak into the barn and uh, slowly push... Do you, are you opening the door? Are you looking through a window? What are you doing? Um, Going through the door, pushing it in a bit. Okay. Um, as you approach the door, you hear the sounds of a growling and a little yipping, um, and definitely some like, nom, 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 nom. is this loud enough that the rest of us can hear it? I didn't actually say I walked in there, but is it no, loud enough? No, you, you okay. have to be like, right. It's, there's not like a fight going on in there, but if you've ever heard a dog eat something it really likes, that's what you're hearing. Hmm. I, I poke my head in closer inside to actually see it. Um, you see three pretty big coyotes uh, eating what remains of a cart horse. Of a cart horse? Yes. Okay. They mm. do not see you because you rolled very well on stealth. Well, compared to me anyway. Mm. Let me see. Okay, do they look rabid or are they just eating? They're just eating, as best you can tell without like going in and, you know... Mixing it up. Mm-hmm. 
All right, I'm going to. What would it? What would the role be to like just kind of go in there and just start a nice conversation? Like, hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, don't want to intrude on your meal, but just want to. Um, well, I should say, and she goes, don't want to intrude on your, on your meal. I just want to ask some questions. I believe that's an intelligence check. Isn't that what you decided, Errol? For persuasion. Uh, no, uh, persuasion was will. 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 Okay. Intelligence is more like perception. Okay, so I'm going to kind of speak with these because I can actually speak with coyotes because of my deity. And I say, mm-hmm. well, how's it going, everyone? Just wanting to ask you guys some questions. Don't mind me. I'm not trying to interrupt your meal. I rolled a two. <laughs> um, You did interrupt their meal? Ooh. Because this would have been a little hard. Like, they aren't looking for friends, so the difficulty was actually three, so you missed it by, or four, so you missed it by a little bit. Um, You didn't surprise them, and they didn't surprise you, but they are going to attack. Uh, I will say the first round of combat, since Errol and Vincent did not go with you, it is going to be you, uh, and then Errol and Vincent, if they want, can come in next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Dragon Slayer, uh, the heroes get to go first, and then the bad guys get to go. So, uh, they are growling and coming towards you. All right. So I get to choose what I want to do. I already know I'm going to cast a spell. I'm using Druidcraft. And Druidcraft has a couple different abilities. One's Green Thumb, which I'm not using. The other one's Overgrowth. And what I do is I summon Twisting Vines within a six-square cube, and it creates difficult terrain. Anything caught in a difficult terrain has to make a hard plus four plus strength test. Or I can spend one spirit point to heighten the spell to give them disadvantage. And I'm actually going to do that. So I'm going to spend a spirit, because I see it's three versus one, and Mm -hmm. I'm alone right now. So I'm just wanting to hold them down just to kind of be like, oh, hold, hold on, hold on a second. I don't mean, it's like, I didn't want to interrupt, but now you guys are jumping to the conclusions. I don't, he's like, you guys can continue eating and we can talk after you're done finishing your meal. I just wanted to, you know, I, did, I just wanted to ask, I, I'm not, I know I'm not very, I'm very upfront and impolite, but you know, there was a, there are some people's lives at stake. Um, so what do they have to roll to, to beat your spell then? Um, a hard four, it has to be a four plus strength test. Okay. But uh, they, they f- but they have disadvantage. Okay. Cause I spend a spirit point to make sure they're held down. Gotcha. So one failed, one really failed. I have to beat a four. I think you have to roll a four, a four or above. That's right. Because the bad guys basically like, if it's a tie, tie goes to the hero. Um, mm-hmm. so all of them failed, which means I'm going to give you another chance to persuade them with advantage. Okay. Because they're all caught and they're a little confused now. Mm-hmm. I got a four. Oh, and I had to with, roll twice. Yeah. Oh, with it, advantage. Ex- it explodes though. Oh. Because I because I was a, that was the lowest dice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a seven total. Okay. <laughs> seven total. All right. Um, they are convinced. Uh, they're like, they kind of stop and look at you and realize they're, they're stuck in their, uh, this overgrowth that came out of nowhere. And 
I'll approach them now that they now that they're confused and kind of put off guard. And it's like, look, I I, I know it, I know it. You guys are kind of weirded out because a rabbit's coming over and I look like a meal. But don't worry about. It. I'm not doing that while I'm like taking the time to cut them loose because now that we're friendly, it's like now we're on friendly terms and you guys know that I can speak with you and I know I'm not trying to do anything. Y'all just go ahead and continue enjoying your meal and then we can talk later. And I got some friends over here that would want to talk that can't really talk, but I'll be a mediator. Well. What do you want to talk about? Just asking some questions about the fire that just happened outside recently. Yeah, it was, uh, it was big. Lots, uh, lots of fire. But good things to eat afterwards. Did you see who started the fire? Uh, it was one of the two legs. One of the two legs? Well, a couple of two legs. Were they real big and orc-looking, or were they... They didn't look like a coyote. (laughs) They were, they had two legs. Uh, they were big. They were big. Hmm. We don't eat them. They don't taste very good. And they, they were, kill us. Hmm. Were they, oh, I'm going to go, oh, this is a barn. They're a straw. I, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get, how tall are orcs, by the way? Uh, six to seven feet tall. Six to seven feet tall. Okay, I'm going, build, I'm going to build three scarecrows. I'm going to build one that's like five feet, one that's like six feet, and one that's like seven feet. I wanted to point out the one, the height that they think they were, like, they look like. They go over to the first one and give it a sniff. They go over to the second one and give it a sniff. They go over to the third one and give it a sniff. They go, this smells like straw. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't ask you to sniff it, but I understand. Y'all, y'all are precious. Uh, but I was asking, bigness. They have a really look low their, intelligence. Look at their bigness. Huh? They no. have a really low intelligence. <laughs> You're talking to an animal. <laughs> You're trying your best. It's all right. Um, I love this. They kind of look between the two taller ones and go, maybe one of them. All righty. Hmm. But, but this one didn't do it. It was a different two leg, not the one that smells like straw. Got it. All right. Thank you. Well, I hope, y'all have, I hope y'all have your full bellies and go out and find some more food later on. But try to keep away from the farmland because, you know, a lot of people trying to grow and grow their food and eat for themselves. Might find better, better stuff out in the forest there. Some, like, smaller rabbits. Not like me, but, like, little rabbits. Do you have little rabbits? No, Do you have snacks? No, no, I don't have any little rabbits. You'll have to go out in the forest <laughs> to find them. Trying to point them away from the farmland and into, like, the wild where they should be finding stuff. They go, well, we've got the big horse here, so we're good. They go back to eating the horse. Mm. <laughs> I'll let them to it. So I'll let, uh, let Vince or Victor and Errol know. Well, I couldn't really get any gleam from anything other than they were they had two legs. So we know they weren't any centaurs burning up any of these farmlands. I really wish you would have learned this because I would have liked to see you confront those three coyotes. <laughs> that sounds like amazing. <laughs> From the outside, you guys, I don't know if you've ever heard coyotes, but you heard like weird yipping and kind of screaming a little bit, almost like a howl. It's a little eerie coming from the barn <laughs> for a couple of minutes. <laughs> that was impressive, Chico. I wish I would have been there. Yeah, well, I decided not to alert anyone unless absolutely an absolute emergency, but I think I had it covered. But like I said, I was talking with them, and yeah, they saw a couple people starting to fire, so it wasn't by accident, and it was by 
a couple of tall fellas, but, hmm. Um, GM, earlier I had asked about looking around for tracks. Do you mind if I make a, a check for that? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. I believe oh, that one is an intelligence check. And Alrighty. I would like to help him out as he is looking for tracks. Oh, yeah, same here. I've got high enough intelligence. I've got a D8, uh, uh, Victor. What do you have for intelligence? Uh, D10. You can do it if you'd like. I'll help you. All right. I've got a... What was mine again? I think it was a D... A D8. Yes, Victor, go ahead and... All right, a seven. Uh, okay, Um, with a seven, uh, you do find... Obviously, there's the tracks of the farmers coming in and out of the house. Um, you find one set of tracks that's bigger than the rest. Um, almost seven feet tall, if you had to guess. And it leads back into the woods. Hey, that's, guys. I okay. see these tracks that are that look like they came from someone that's about seven feet tall. It looks like they're moving back towards the woods. Mm, something is a something is a foot. <laughs> I was about to say, is that Bigfoot tracks? But no, I, I have a feeling that's our perpetrator. Let's follow. I'm down. Let's do this. All right. Okay. Um, I will need one more, basically tracking check if you're going to try to track them through the woods because finding them and following them through different terrain, I would imagine, is a little more difficult. All right. I'll give it one more go. Um, do I have uh, help? I, I will help you. I'll assist you. All right. So that is an eight and a ten. Okay. So you really succeeded then. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you guys are walking through the woods. Uh, I will need you all to make a perception check, which I need to just keep these things up of what each one is. Intelligence? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Everyone make another intellect check. I got a seven. I got a five. Okay. Um, and I got a with, five. With those, you guys <laughs> don't get surprised by the wolves that are now about to attack you. Now, Man, coyotes a, I can speak with, but wolves, not so much. Not so a, much, no. There's a lot of predators in these woods. <laughs> <laughs> well, coyotes are scavengers. They're not oh, really true, predators. True, true. Drop my pen. All right. Uh, so... There are only two wolves. What do you guys want to do? Um, as far as order, it, it says we determine our own order. Are y'all cool with it being me, Vincent, Chico? Or would y'all rather, would you like to change it up? I'm no, fine, fine with that. Me. I'm cool with that. Um, what size are they? Are they medium sized? Yes. Uh, so, since I heard about Chico's amazing vine work, uh, I'm going to attempt a little uh, spell, magical spell of my own. Uh, Errol is going to pull out like a fine leather glove and put it on his right hand and make some mystical gestures. Uh, and he's going to use mage hand. I'm going to upcast it a little bit by using a spirit point. Okay. Um, so at its base level, I can pick up a tiny target, but if I pay uh, a spirit point, it will bring it up to a medium or small. Okay. Um, you supernaturally seize the target. You can see within 12 squares of you. Shoot, is it is it close enough? Yes, they are within eight squares of you. Okay. So uh, you seize the target. It can be a creature or a loose object. It is weightless for the duration. Uh, if the target is a creature, it is also restrained. Uh, 
And then there's a, a little bit extra I can do. I can crush, deputize, interact, levitate, or suffocate. Um, in this case, I'm going to deputize one of them. It makes you choice of attack against a creature or an object of your choice that you can see. The de deputized target has disadvantage on the fighting test. Um, there is a way to break out of it. It says it is possible for a creature to resist your grasp before it is seized by you. And it is its action on any turn for the duration. The target can make a hard strength test. So it has to use its action to get out. Do they get uh, a save? Uh, that's all it says. It says it is possible for a creature to resist your grasp right before it is seized by you. And as, oh, okay. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, it makes a say uh, a strength test save. It's a hard, so a four plus. Okay. One of them made it. Oh, it only goes against one target. Oh, he made it. Oh, well, that's a shame. Okay. Alrighty. So yeah, uh, a mystical hand attempts to grab him and he shakes it off and it dissipates into energy. That's Who's it. Who's next? All right, I think I am. So, um, Vincent's going to pull out a staff uh, that has a little peacock, silver peacock's head at the tip, and he's going to trace a pentacle in the air and fire out a small blast of fire sailing through the air in their direction. I'm going to be casting Produce Flame and using the fireball feature. You hurl a flaming orb to make a blast attack against a creature within 12 squares of you. Um, and if you succeed, the target takes fire damage equal to your fighting result. And if the creature is, if the result is an even number, uh, residual energy bursts outward from the target, hitting each other creature adjacent to it to also take fire damage equal to half the result. That's a two. Well, you need a two or better to hit them. So you did hit them. Awesome. And, and these uh, wolves were actually not very strong because in the monster manual, they only have one hit point. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Basically, this fight was to get you guys used to the mechanics. <laughs> uh, but no problem, you killed them. <laughs> awesome. So you have two crispy wolves in front of you. Well, I'm sorry for my disappointing performance, guys. I don't know. I'm not on my game today. Hmm. Well, these wolves are dead, but you know what? I think we should give someone a little bit of thank you for helping out earlier. And we're not we're not too far from the barn, are we? Uh, no. I kind of do a yip yip out into the <laughs> into the forest where I think the coyotes can hear me. Or back towards the barn, then we continue. Like, oh look, free food. <laughs> uh, they get really excited and uh, yip their way out. Well, one of them does. The other two are still eating the mm -hmm. uh, the horse. Uh, one of them runs out and sniffs the wolves. He looks scared for a second. And then you hear him go, mmm, extra crispy. And he goes, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> And then we can continue. Uh, yes. Chico, you're going to have to teach me this, man. I need to learn coyote. Oh, you just need to know how to yip in a certain way and like get and get at <laughs> get at them for being just dummies. Because they, they are a bunch of dumb animals, but they're, they're but they mean well. They uh, like I'm playing. They uh, like playing tricks and whatnot. I'm very impressed with this skill. I'm, I want to learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, we, let's sally forth. All right. Uh, as you guys continue to sally forth, uh, with that ten, you get all the way. You you follow the tracks to a path in the woods that seems very well traveled. Um, 
from what you can see, a couple more footprints join him before he gets to the path. Uh, but then the path, it all leads. I assume are you guys following the path. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you follow yep. the path. Um, before you get anywhere, what's everybody's passive intelligence? Mine's four. Four. Okay. Uh, with a four, you guys start to smell cook fires and wood smoke burning. Um, it, it seems like there's a group of creatures ahead. Hmm. This must be the entrance of the orc encampment or wherever they wherever they live. I'd do we want to s- stealth hmm. and do some recon, perhaps? Well, I don't think they're a terribly violent group. So I'm pretty sure with with the right... Well, wait, who was the one that... Oh, it was Errol. Errol, you were the one that did that bit of peace treaty at the town. Maybe you should go up and be the face for him. And perhaps at least I should stay hidden. Because, well, and Victor here, you're going to stay as a kobold, aren't you? That's pretty much it, yep. How good is Victor's ability to stealth? Um, That's agility. If- then not great. Mm. Would I'm you like sorry, to? I, I, would Would you like to go in with me? Be my backup. Sure, are, I'll go along. There are group checks in this game, where basically everybody rolls and you help the lowest person get through. Okay, how do you do that? Let's pull up the rules so I don't lie to you. Thank God for the uh, search feature on PDF, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Helps if I'm looking in the right rule book, doesn't it? Group test. When multiple creatures try to accomplish something as a group, the GM calls for a group check or group test. In such situations, the creatures are that are skilled at the particular task help cover those that aren't. To resolve the group test, each creature in the group makes the test. If at least half the group succeeds, the whole group succeeds. So only two out of three of you have to succeed. I mean, I'm okay with us all stealthing and and sneaking up on the area, and then if you want me to go talk, I can break my stealth, and you guys can stay hidden if you'd like. Yeah, because once we do the stealth, if you break it, we're still hidden. That sound like a plan? I think so. I think we should just be ready in case anything drastic happens. Well, everyone stick behind me. I know how to... Well, my forte is more sneaking around in cornfields instead of a forest, but they're about the same, aren't they? And I'll start, sne- I'll start sne- leading the way, sneaking towards the encampment. So that's going to be a stealth check. That is okay. Let me roll this. Oh, okay. Not I rolled good for me. I rolled a six. I got a four. I got a one. Oh wow! Well, what's interesting <laughs> on a D ten? Well, ties. No. Go to the heroes, and the number was four. So Vincent and Chico, Errol, as you're creeping up, you almost step on like a duck that's sitting right there, like just hanging out in the woods, and you're like almost honk, like right before you step, Vincent stops you and goes, "No." Hold on, guys. Be I careful s- about the wildlife. Hold on, guys. I speak duck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it doesn't work like that. You can't I'll go ask... quack, quack, like I go yip, yip, yip. It's not the same. <laughs> I will quietly ask this duck if he saw any people with torches. Do you actually speak duck? Uh, no, but I want them to think I do. Oh, okay. 
Can I make a will check to try and deceive them? Why is there a duck in the a, forest? I was just making a joke that he was going to step on something loud, but now I'm interested. Um, <laughs> the duck kind of looks great. at you sideways and quacks back and then flaps off to its pond a few feet away. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but can I make a deception check to try and make them think that I know what the duck said? A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> I got a ten. <laughs> so, I'm going to re-roll because I explodes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and a nine, so a nineteen. Where- so you think you speak duck. You actually did speak duck for a second. Like, that duck understood you, and you got that. And Chico and Vincent, both of you, are like, wow. Wow, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. Guys, We're this gonna duck. We're going to have to trade off uh, language uh, speeches. Between Look, his- this, duck, this duck told me the whole deal. He oh, read man. the treaty. He understands what is happening. <laughs> what, it, it can read? Wait yes. Wait Ducks are very intelligent. Hmm. Now, I may be convinced you speak duck somehow, but I'm not convinced it knew how to read. I think you're making it up. <laughs> Look, I I haven't done so good this adventure so far. I, I'm just trying to impress you guys. I'm sorry. No, well, you're, you're already a very you impressive. Duck. I had no idea. Like, he could speak coyote, you could speak duck. I can't speak any of that. You're pretty cool on your own, man. All right, I guess let's go see what's going on up here. Thank you for saving my uh, butt there, Victor. No problem. Just looking out for my friends. All right, so what's going on in this camp? Um, real quick, can you guys hear my neighbor's dog barking? Okay, good. Um, so you guys approach, and as you get closer, you see a wooden palisade built up. Um, there's one way in and one way out, uh, the path you guys are on. Uh, the palisade doesn't look huge. Um, maybe 50 to a hundred people could fit inside of it and live. Uh, that is where the smells of the cooking fires and everything are coming from. Uh, outside the gate is a human and an orc and they are armed and appear to kind of be on guard, but they're not really looking around. They're just sort of standing there, you know, chit chatting. A human and an orc. Is this human the uh, the woman from before? No. That talk. No. This is someone we haven't seen this person, have we? No. Okay. What What do they look like? What's their physical description? Um, they're tall, kind of ragged looking. They've got a beard. Um, think wild folk from Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Well, that's In fact, everybody make an intelligence check for me. All right. And if uh, worse comes to worst, I can always transform into an orc and, and sneak in. Ooh, that's an eight. I got a so three. I, I got a nine total because my dice exploded. Cool. With uh, a four or above, uh, you realize that the orc at the gate looks more like three quarters orc. He's definitely got some possibly human, maybe elf in him. Hmm. So it's a it's a it's a mishmash community. This isn't just an orc village. Hmm. Yeah, they just sent their big, strong, burly types to do the muscle men to intimidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you guys like me to approach and speak to them? I think that sir. I think that serves it. Yeah, me and uh, Victor will stay back here, and unless v- Victor, you want to go because you look dashing. Wait, 
No, you don't. You're a kobold. <laughs> well, kobolds could look dashing. Well, that's what you're a kobold dressed in ragged clothes, I believe you said, right? He waves his hands, and now he is a very fancily dressed kobold. <laughs> well, there you go. You can go with him if you want to look all fancy, since they they have people of all types. I think you two would do splend- splendidly. I do better hiding around and looking normal. I wouldn't look kind of... I look like a farmer, and they kind of don't want to talk with farmers right now. They want to talk with them fancy peoples, with them fancy yeah. documents and them fancy words I don't know. So y'all go ahead on. <laughs> y'all go on ahead. All right. I, um, Victor, it's up to you if you'd like to come with me. You're welcome, though. I'll but go with you. I will step forward. Uh, I will raise my hands. Uh, I have a rapier at my side, but I'm not going to put my hands anywhere near it. Uh, and I will step forward and I will say, uh, uh, greetings, friends. I come from uh, Briar's Glen. I have read the treaty, and I was looking to have a uh, meeting with uh, your your village elders, perhaps, or uh, or some of your leadership within your your village here, your quaint village, to uh, try and come to some sort of peaceful agreement. The orc looks at his friend, and he looks at you and goes. Not many of us speak common. Um, the orc here doesn't understand you. Uh, but you're here to read the treaty? Uh, I would like to speak with your leadership. And if they would allow me, I would love to read the treaty. But essentially, I just want to try to broker some sort of peaceful agreement between... Briar's Glen and your area here. What do you call your village? Home. Uh, That's your, a lovely name. Your home here. Uh, I am Errol Corvidbow, by the way. I, if to introduce myself, and this is my friend Victor. Nice to meet you. Hello. Um. Yeah. Wait right here. Let me go see if someone will talk to you. Very well. He looks over at the orc. Do we, do any of you speak orcish? I uh-huh. don't. Okay. You hear him grunt and growl, and the orc shakes his head very intimidatingly and looks at you guys kind of like, don't you move. And the human goes back in. Um, are you guys going to do anything in the meantime? Uh, I will just stand here. Um, hmm. I'm going to look to... I'm just going to look over... No, I'm not going to look over there. I'm just going to wait. So what's the plan? Can, Are I, just going can to... I say I'm snuck up close enough, like, to hear everything? Uh, sure. Make an easy stealth check for me. Okay. I'm going to sneak up even closer just to... That's a five. I mean, okay, yeah. You are close enough, and they don't know you're there. I like to imagine as I do it, I do, like, a short teleport, and when I teleport, I leave behind, like, a little scarecrow, like, hit, hidden behind the corner. <laughs> Um, the, the, hmm? uh, like mechanical explain. question. Hmm? Uh, do you get those powers from your deity, or is that uh, like something you learned, like controlling magical powers or whatever? It's it's not really magic. It's more like ninja techniques. So, okay, so it's something you learned, not something you inherited. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um. So after a couple of minutes, uh. A really, really tall orc, like almost eight feet tall, comes out and he's wearing a, a vestment of a coyote. Um, 
and he's carrying a staff that has a coyote's skull on the top of it. Uh, and he looks to you guys, and he says, You wanted to speak with the elders. I am all that remains. Uh, my good sir, I am Errol Corvidbow. Uh, I am here on behalf of the village of Briar's Glen. Uh, I just wanted to speak with you, uh, perhaps talk about this treaty so that I might understand your position better, and hope, uh, hope to broker a bit of peace between you and the, and the village, and understand where your, village, where your group is coming from, and I just want to see your side of the story. In order to be heard, you must first pass a test of combat. Hmm, a test of combat. Sir, um, might I get your name as well? Olaf. Olaf. Uh, the combat test, is it against a certain individual? Do you choose a champion, or...? It is th- as many of you versus as many of us as you choose. It can be one-on-one, three-on-three. It's an equal number of us and you, and it's to the first blood. Mechanically, that's half hit points of the first person that gets to half hit points. They're not fighting to the death. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I, I would confer with my group. Uh, if you don't mind, I will come right back here and speak to your gate guards if we agree to this contest. Is that acceptable to you? Acceptable. All right. I'm 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 just going to um, step back and go back into the woods. Uh, I'm not going to go directly to where Chico is. I'm going to go to an, another area and hope that he sees the direction I'm heading. Mm-hmm. I w- I'm watching you. Or, yeah, and then and then we'll you. congregate and I will tell him, you know, I'm sure you heard, but I, just to make sure mm-hmm. we're all on the same page. Hmm, that sounds, I'll be honest, that sounds exciting. Doing a, doing a fight to the first blood. And they, they seem pretty, seem pre- like a pretty wild people that like, like to do this kind of like strong man, like see who's the strongest, the strongest guy. I like this a lot. He's like push, putting his fist, like, like punching the air. Like he's getting excited. <laughs> I don't know about well, y'all, but this sounds exciting to me. Well, I've never had you, I've never been with you in a scrap together, Chico, but I know that you're good in a pinch. Uh, Victor, are you willing to fight to see wh- how this shakes out? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just a little curious, though. Are we allowed to use magic, or does this have to be just a swing, swing, hit each other kind of deal? Well, uh, I, w- I would imagine that the way they look, I'm pretty sure magic is all, everything's on the table. It's all about power, whether that be strength or or magic or what have you. Power is power, it seems like, with them. Of course, that's just my assumption. Um, oh, thank goodness. I, I say if you're open to the idea, then we reconvene back at the front, and you can ask them that before we agree to final terms. Yeah, and I'll come join you. All right. All right, so let's go back to the front and see. Mm-hmm. Since that was short, I'll just say Olaf was standing there waiting for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you approach? Yes, uh, I'll approach and I'll say, uh, Distinguished Olaf... Uh, before we agree to these terms, uh, is magic, are magic abilities uh, acceptable to use during this combat? The first rule of armed combat is there are no rules. The second rule is you don't talk about armed combat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sweet. there you have your answer. Uh, well, I'm except down. for the rule that it's one on one each, so... There are three rules of armed combat. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
back in the turkey neck, we were all down for a, a scrap in the streets. So I'm open to these rules. I don't do know anything think? about... I was about to say, I don't know anything about turkeys and nicks, but you seem pretty capable in the fight. Chico, have you made yourself known? Have yes, you come I'm, out of I'm hiding? There, I, I would say I'm there with them as well. Okay. Um, when you step out of hiding, you realize Olaf looks at you very intently. Well, hi there. Nice to meet you. My name's Chico. He gives you a little bow and says, we will speak again after the combat. Follow me. And he leads you into the village. Uh, it's mostly small huts that could be easily taken down and moved. Uh, there's a sense of impermanence to this place. Um, the the mountain people, as they call themselves, are semi-nomadic. Uh, but as you get to the center of town, you realize this whole place has been built around a fighting pit. Uh, it's been dug into the stone it has a very ceremonial feel to it um and as you guys are walking through town there's whispers going around and you know you see a couple little kids there's orcs and humans and there's even a couple of elves that are here like wild looking people um but by the time you guys get to the center most of the village is seated around the arena waiting for their blood sport. Um, Olaf looks at you and goes, stand in the center of the arena and three challengers will approach. All right. Are y'all, are y'all ready? Is there anything preparations you'd like to make before we go in? Um, no, except I think this might be a, the worst time for this, but you know that wanted poster back in town? <laughs> yes. I think, uh, I think that was me. <laughs> I, uh... Really, I never, I never would have figured that out. Wait, yeah, it was you? Uh, that yeah. one poster without the person on it? How can you? How how do you know? It doesn't have a face on it. Chica's well, a little, it, <laughs> a little slow. <laughs> Chica, <laughs> I believe it had his name on it, Chico. Yeah, it did have my name on it, but I'm but not your name's entirely. Vin wait, no, it's Vincent. Wait, no, it's the fifth. Wait. He he lied, Chico. He lied about his name. His name oh, is. Oh, I oh I get because you're like because you're like uh I don't even remember her name now. She has so many names. Uh, but you're like yeah I got okay yeah. You seem like a decent person though. So I, I knew I her as I knew her as Krista. I believe you're speaking about. Yeah, she, to me she was Catherine, and then she was someone else. And I can't see that you can't keep up with that woman. But she can keep um, up with gold, that's for sure. But anyways, you don't like I said, when the fire if you're inducted in the fire breather kins, there's nothing to worry about with you. We won't be turning you in. Oh, the, the, so the as you guys are about sorry. As you all are chit chatting about uh Vincent's past, three really big guys. In fact, the three you saw at the village. Um uh come strolling into the arena, each of them carrying a really big axe. I'm not surprised it's those three. I have a feeling they might be trouble. Olaf turns to the crowd and says, Our champions have been chosen. The challengers await. May combat begin. What do y'all want to do? Are we I pull going my the same order? Uh, yeah, we can go the same order. Right, you guys decide. I'm down with that if y'all are cool with it. Just to keep it simple. Sure. Hmm? Do what? 
uh, are you cool with it being me, Vincent, and then you, Chico? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. And if any of you get to half hit points, please let me know, because that will be to the first blood. All right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will pull my rapier, uh, and I will... Let's see. There's three of them. Are they lined up, or is there one in the they front? Are, they are spread out. Um, each one of them is going for one of you. You will not be able to hit them with a single spell. They're smart enough to spread themselves out. All right. My movement is six. About how far away are they from me? Um, I'll say you can close in this round. I'll take the one on the left, and I'll I will. The one in the middle. I will uh, sprint forth with my rapier. And I try to, like, slide around him and slash at his legs. Just mechanically. I'm just going to make a swipe at him, though. Cool. Go for it. And it's it's fighting, right? Fighting check? Yes. And it's an easy one. I got a six on a D10. Cool. So you hit for six points of damage. As I slice his leg, I say, uh, I may look small, but I think you're in for a fight. <laughs> All right. Who's number two? All right. Um, so Victor, or Vincent, however you want to call him, is going to bring up his staff, trace the sigil once more, and fire at the guy in the middle. That's another two. You hit, and it was like a tickle, tickle, tickle. And it also does one point of damage to the guy next, uh, to both people that are next to him. They are spread out far enough that you can't hit all of them. They have purposely spread out so that they won't get hit by area effect spells. Oh, okay. And just the guy then. And that's me. Chico, your turn. Well, seeing that, that fire, uh, his fireball spell didn't work, this one thing I had prepared ain't going to be that ain't going to be that useful. So I'm going to go against my guy and I'm going to throw one of my uh car- one of my carrots at him. So that's going to be just a weapon throw cuz it's a it's essentially just a throwing dagger just flavored as a carrot. One of my cool. throwing carrots, and that's going to be my fighting, which is a D10, and that's a 7. That's a good hit. Goes All and right. hits him directly in the shoulder, because I was aiming at center mass, and that wasn't a direct hit in the center, so I'd say probably his shoulder is where I hit. So that's one a, of them has a carrot sticking out of his shoulders, one has, you know, burned eyebrows, and the other has a slashed leg. Uh, the one on Errol is going to take a swing... You sliced him so good, and by ducking under him, he swung over your head with a one. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm actually going to say, because he critically failed, uh, he actually loses his grip on his his axe, and he will have to either fight unarmed or spend a turn getting his weapon back. Awesome. Uh, The next one's going to swing at Vincent. He hits you with a six. So you take six points of damage, and Chico, the next one hits you for eight, which means it explodes, and he gets on his second one, so for a total of 12 points of damage. Ooh, 12? I'm out. You're at half? half. Yep, I'm at half. I have 24 HP. Um, So what happens? The orc swings at you? And you feel a weird sense of protection, and it should have done 12 points of damage to you. It does one. It only does one damage? Yes. Okay. You can make an intelligence roll to see, to try to figure out how that happened if you want. Mm-hmm. 
I got a four. Out of the corner of your eye, you see Olaf making a sign with his hand. Hmm. And there are my eyes look at him. It is top of the order. All right. Um, Hmm. So I will use, since this guy, since he just lost his weapon, I'm going to attempt a stab attack here. I took a feat called stab attack. Uh, Essentially, it's just another attack. But if I succeed, the target takes the normal damage. And then if it's not a construct or undead, uh, it sustains a wound that bleeds for one minute, and at each of it, end of its turn, it takes an extra D4. Okay. So it's just a normal fighting attack check first. I got a three, which still succeeds. It does. And then, so at the end of each turn, it takes a D4 damage. Uh, it can use an action to staunch the wound, but it is bleeding profusely. Okay. All right. So... Minson is going to say, wait a second, it's fir- to first blood, right? Then we should just all focus on one guy. And then he turns over towards uh, towards Errol's combatant, and he just fires uh, one magic missile towards him, which makes it so that he just goes ahead and takes uh, half the number of faces on my fighting die, which is a 10, so he takes five points of damage. He's not looking too hot, but, like, on a scale from 0 to 30, he looks about a 17. Okay. Chico, your turn. Mm-hmm. After getting hit by that by that big hit and it kind of bounces off like no damage, I'm going to react by doing a substitution behind him and then, like, round, like Chuck Norris roundhouse kicking him in the back. Or attempting to. Okay. That's a 5. That hits. Mm-hmm. So okay. what happens is when it hits me, the substitution it, re- it replaces me with a a straw sack with like a with like rabbit ear like little sack stitched rabbit ears and a little dumb rabbit face paint on his front, and then I end up behind him roundhouse kick him, you know, on his neck from behind. <laughs> Ouch! Jeez! Quick rabbit. <laughs> All right. Um. The rather bloodied one, uh, not bloodied in the sense of this battle, but the one that's getting the crap beat out of him, uh, is going to swing at Errol, because you're in front of him. <laughs> he hits you for five. All right. Um, the one on Vincent swings in a manner of speaking, and the one on Chico hits you for three points, Chico. And don't forget mm-hmm. the one that I had stabbed takes a D4 extra. Do you want me to roll that? or Yeah, you, you roll like that. To... Okay. It's your damage. It's a one. Ooh. If it would have been four, he would have been out. <laughs> I know. I know. But I rolled a one. All right. But it is top of the order. So, Errol, you get to go again. All right. Um, so, I, seeing that Victor has a good idea... And knowing he goes next in the turn order, and I am a team player, I am going to... So I stabbed him, and then he came back around and swung at me. Uh, I'm going to go like I'm going to strike him with my rapier, but I'm going to stop at the last second, yank my rapier back, and go... (laughs) Attempt to... I'm just going to attempt to distract him and make him confused so that Victor can get a solid hit. In an attempt to aid Victor to give him advantage. 
I do believe Errol has quacked under the pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But essentially like a feint or a distraction so that Victor gets an opening. Okay. I will give Victor and Vincent an advantage. So (laughs) roll with advantage. All right. I'll fire off a fireball in his direction. That's a two and a... That's a two and a one. Okay. Well, two. Uh, But that was enough. Um... He bursts into flames a little bit, and when the flame dies down, uh, Olaf is standing in the middle of the arena, uh, and he declares to everyone, we have our winners. They may now have an audience with the Elder. And with that, he leads you guys to uh, probably the biggest structure there. It's a tent. Um, It looks like a lot more people should be held in here, but there's a bunch of empty chairs and only one chair that he sits in. I see. This is where all the other members used to sit, and he's the last one, he said. Yes. Um. So as he enters the the tent, essentially, he's you can tell he is weary. He's been putting on a face for the people outside, He walks over and sits heavily in his chair. And Chico, he looks up at you and says, Thank Mai, there's another of the blood. Pardon? What what are you talking about? I saw you did something kind of weird out there. And with that, we will take our break. Oh, cliffhanger. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. So tonight we have been joined by... Errol. Uh, I wonder where I can find some more ducks to continue my investigation. Vincent, Vincent or Victor, it really depends on the situation now at this point. As for me, Chico, uh, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was just coming in to have a fun venture now that I got done with all of my family stuff. And man, there's so much going on. I have no idea what I mean by another one of the of the blood. I have no idea what he's talking about. I have to see what happens. Do I say anything now? What? I don't know what I say. Oh, we have a review. Errol, would you like to read us that review? Yes. Uh, so this is from JSC Fit 093 He says, they say, my favorite podcast. I listen to the Fire Breathing Kittens every day on my commute. The players and DMs do a great job of playing D&D the way it's meant to be played. The episode adventure Capitalism cracks me up every time. I would love an episode with Willie, Jade, and Cecil keep him away from the elven logs, and Simon the raptor in buttless chaps holding a fishing net needs to be on a t-shirt. If you would like to hear your review read on our episode, please leave us an I, uh, a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And then you would say, all right, well, thanks for listening. We'll see you when we get back. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. We'll see you when you get back. Bye. 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 Today's mid-episode shout-out is from Hypnoid Z, who says, quote, If you're looking for a new book to read, why not check out Izel, which is I-Z-E-L. Izel. Izel. I- mm. Izel, the Black Panther. Follow Izel, the first black jaguar of the Amazon rainforest, as she goes on a wondrous adventure deep into the jungle. Although she is feared by all, Izel is on a mission to save her companions. Will she fulfill the prophecy that was made about her long ago? 
This compelling story will delight children and adults alike and will make a wonderful addition to your bookshelf. End quote. Would you like for us to read your shout-out? Go to firebreathingkittenspodcast.com and click on the Buy Me a Coffee button. You can also purchase our paperback, hardcover, ebook, and audiobook adaptations of our adventures on Amazon and Audible. Or at least tell somebody about us. Think of an episode that that person would enjoy and ask him to check it out. That's the only way we can grow because we don't advertise. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens. Uh, we are playing uh, Dragon Slayer 2nd Edition tonight. Uh, who would like to give us a recap? Well, I'll do that. Um, so in the beginning, we were all set up in, what would you say, the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. And we got alerted to a new job posting asking it from a place called Ryers Glen, where they were dealing with some sort of situation. They couldn't re tell us too much, but they were facing danger. And once we arrived there, it was a valley carpeted in farmland. That, but And we saw on the edge of the valleys next to the tree lines were some burned farms and approaching the town where there were some armed orcs. So we made our way over there and saw an orc speaking with um, the town leader, Cindy McCready, who's this tall woman and with, with this, with this farm, you know, farm, I don't know what the accent, what would you call the accent? Midwestern. Midwestern, Midwestern accent. farm yeah, mom. Midwestern accent. And after asking them some questions, learned that there is a land dispute. We had, and they had three days until before the whole town burns. And we, and after doing some investigation, we came across Kalemon who gave us some information and went to the library to find out what this treaty was all about because there was a treaty that they said that had expired, but the people in the town said it was for forever. But according to what we saw with the languages, there was a language barrier where for the humans, the land belongs to them forever, but under this orc language, it it's as long as eternity flows, which is which there was obvious miscommunication. So before we went to see the orcs, we went to investigate those burned houses, found a bunch of coyotes in a in a barn that was next to a burned house. Chico went in and was able to to wrestle wrestle them down and talk to them and didn't get too much information from them other than just just telling them all the information I already knew. So after that, they started following some tracks that uh v Victor who Who's no not Vincent? Who's his his alter kobold alter ego? Um, did some investigation, or I forget who was it that did the investigation with the footprints. No, it was it, me. It was you. Okay, yeah. So you did the investigation. We started following the footprints. Came across some wolves and kicked their butts. And then after <laughs> that, we came across um, this orcish town. I say orcish because there are more than just. Then just orcs are also humans, half humans, half orc, half elf. Just a whole bunch of different types. It seems like a wild tribe of just a random assortment of people. And there's like 50 to 100 individuals. And there was this chieftain named Olaf. And after we got gained an audience with him, he said he told us that we need to do a battle or battle to uh, to first blood to prove our power. And so we did, and Chico got hit by this critical hit, which brought him to blood, but would have brought him to blood, but he, it turns out that Olaf protected him in some, some weird way to where it only dealt a little bit of damage, 
like just a little scratch, and then he retaliated by doing a roundhouse kick. And then who was the who was the oh yeah it was it was it was Vincent well Victor, who did who did the first blood with his what was it, a fireball or was it something else I can't remember. Uh, it was a fireball. It was a but, fireball. Uh, mm-hmm. Errol helped. I distracted oh, with quacking noises. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and after that, we were brought to um, Olaf's council, and he mentioned to Chico that he was the last of the bloodline, and that's where we left off. All right. So, Olaf, after saying you are the last of the, you are another of the blood, um, did mm-hmm. I say last or another? Uh, either another. way, mm-hmm. you are of the blood. Um, right. That's what you said. Yes. Uh, and you were going to respond. What do you mean I'm the last of the bloodline? What what kind of bloodline are you talking about? Your your bloodline has been blessed by Ma'i. A- am I wrong? Oh, I- you know about Ma'i? And then he notices the coyote headdress. And, well, it makes, makes some sense. I see you got that, that coyote headdress on. And I did run into a bunch of coyotes. Well, they, they didn't know too much. They were kind of... Kind of dumb, but you know as well as I do, coyotes aren't the smartest, but they sure are trickery. They sure are tricksters, aren't they? They are. So, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, so what was that all about on the battlefield? I was was thinking that was the end for me, and we were going to lose, but then I saw you doing a little bit of magic voodoo back there. What was that all about? He... I, you you just see this the weight of the world is on this man's shoulders. Um, says, I need someone of the blood to see why the river Emu has stopped. Oh, uh, Elder Olaf, when the treaty was written, uh, my good friend Kalamon uh, inspected the records and he said that. Uh, when eternity stops flowing is when the treaty would be over. Is that in relation to the river? Yes, as as long as eternity flows is a rough translation of forever in our language. Oh. Eternity is the river Emu. We Emu is eternity. Eternity is Emu. Mm. So the river has some sort of blockage and your the members of your some of the members of your tribe or village seem to have taken that as meaning that we can now threaten threaten and terrorize the town below because the treaty has ended three months ago a star fell and the river stopped the elders went to investigate only those of the blood can open the way to the start of emu the the beginning of eternity and none returned i am the last of the blood but I can't leave. If I leave, new elders will be appointed and they'll slaughter the people in the valley. In three days, new elders will be appointed regardless and I will lose control. Well, they said that the treaty, well, they'll raise the town in three days. What's going to happen in three days? What do they have to do in three days? Why not wait longer? In three days, new elders are appointed. Oh, I see. Oh. And the three you fought will become elders. It, essentially, essentially, it sounds like a hot-blooded group is using the rivers drying up as an excuse to go and do violence in the town. They're going to elect their guys so that they can go and tear up the town. And uh, Elder Olaf here 
uh, is of a calmer mind and knows that there's probably just a blockage on the river and that if we can sort that out, that he can have reason to elect his own group of elders or, or fix the situation, I believe. If eternity flows again, the world hasn't ended and old treaties are not null. Well, sounds like we got a new, ourselves a new plan. We got to unblock that river somehow. I think we I think we can figure this out. Uh, Chico, you're excellent at stealthing, but you're also a rabbit, which I believe you're good at digging, right? So maybe if oh, there's yeah. a blockage, we can clear it. And only oh. those with blood blessed by Ma'i can open the way to the beginning of eternity. Mm. Well, that's true, then. I'll definitely, I can definitely do that. You got it. He th- gives him a thumbs up and says, all right. All right, fellas, let's go. Let's go get out that blockage. Hey, uh, Chico. After we investigate this blockage, remind me. I I think I have an idea for when we return. Okay. You got it. All right. Let's. Uh, I, I'm with you. Let's let's investigate this blockage. Before we go, though, can I have a sword? I swear it'll come in handy later. Oh, who are you asking? I'm I'm asking um the elder Olaf. Yes. You're still a kobold, right? Yes. He pulls out a great sword and almost hands it to you, then stops and sets it down and pulls out what for him would be a dagger and <laughs> hands it to you. And for in your hands, it's a short sword. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome. I really appreciate it. May your enemies quake in terror. Oh, they will. Elder they Olaf, will. your eminence, thank you for the audience with us. Uh, we will do everything we can to help you in this situation. We sure will. All right, fellas, let's go up that river and unblock it and let's get eternity flowing again. So let's go. Olaf leads you to um, a muddy, what is now a muddy bank. Um, It's clear that there used to be a a decent sized river flowing through here, um, but it has stopped flowing. Uh, And he says this was the river Emu. Uh, follow it to its beginning, and may Ma'i bless you. You got it. All right, everyone. Let's get up the river. Chico right. with this newfound sense of, I, I wouldn't, just empowerment with Ma'i's blessing. I'll, I'll take lead unless someone else wants to get step in front. No, and I'm I, not going to be stealthing either. Chico, Chico's on a mission. I will gladly follow Chico. You know, Chico... <laughs> It seems like our fates have been entwined. What are the odds that Kalamon would lead you and I back on another quest involving a coyote spirit? This seems like, definitely seems like there's some fate. I, I'm not a believer in fate, but it definitely seems like something is happening here. Well, I'm pretty sure Kalamon is just looking out for you as friend. Well, you two are long friends, I'm sure, right? But what are the odds that you were here for this specific adventure? You were hmm. the only one. You're the chosen one. The world does work in cycles. Well, <laughs> I'm not the only one. I'm just the. I'm just the. Uh, well, to be honest, I'm the most equipped for it right now. And to be honest, I'm not very well equipped. I'm just a little rabbit, is all. He's very. He, Chico's very humble about like what he knows. And it's like as you can tell, I'm not really that good at. I don't know if you could tell. I almost got whipped by that guy with that big axe. But you're se- you're selling yourself short, my friend. I don't know. I I don't think I'm cut out for adventure. It sure is fun, though. 
I keep you befriended my... a whole group of coyotes. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I won't, you know, I don't want to pressure you too much, but I'm saying, like, this is your time, man. Time to shine. Yeah, you're right. I got all of my family stuff behind me, and now it's time to start my new life. We'll see if this is what it is. And, and I'm he, honored to be here to see this happen. Let's get at <laughs> he it. He strings up his backpack strap, and he starts marching up the river. And I will follow. All right. Uh, you guys, it it's a rough, muddy walk, even if you're on the banks. You know, this is a, a big river used to flow through here. Um, and eventually you get to a valley between two really steep cliffs and standing at the opening of the valley is a massive coyote statue. What in the blazes is that thing doing in the middle of it? It looks like the river starts at the base of that statue. So, so the statue itself isn't blocking the flow of the river. The water's no come. What water there is is coming from the statue. Yeah, like a little trickle is coming like out from under the base of the statue. Oh, so it's like uh, one of those mountain springs where it just comes right up out of the ground. That's interesting. Is is the statue backed by the mountain? Yes, it backs right into the mountain. And you can see, like, there's there's cliffs on either side. It's like a split in the mountain. And this thing's sitting there. And if you could get past it, you could continue on your way. But this, you can't really get around it. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. I believe so. Mm -hmm. Well, Chico, I, I have a feeling that you're going to be the one to get us through this obstacle. Hmm. Let me think about this real quick. By think about this real quick, I mean, look through the rule book at the spells to see if I've got what well, I can... If I can do something. Um, where are you guys standing in relation to the statue? Like, I, you, you've approached it. You've seen it. How close are you guys getting? I would say I'm uh, personally, I would say I'd stay at least a, probably a good 10 feet back at the moment. Just looking at the outer structure. Uh, I would look for writings, uh, anything interesting, any kind of sort of entrances or you know just just taking in everything okay victor's um, walking right up to it okay both of you make an intelligence check for me please i got a four i also got a four okay you see a couple of spots where it appears that there's a smear of something across it it's sort of a, a brown, rusty color. Mm. Is this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stick my finger and like scrape a little and smell. It smells coppery. I believe this is blood. Chico, hmm. do followers of your coyote deity believe in s ritualistic sacrifice? Let me tell you something about... <laughs> he, 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 he character just starts laughing in the middle trying to explain it. Look, I don't know much about this coyote goddess. Look, all I know is that it tried to play a trick on my family way back in the day, and we got the better of it by, through kindness and generosity, and it just blesses our farm with some rain, because it's while it's not really... It's a trickster goddess, but it's a lesser rain goddess, so it 
gives us some rains and keeps our crops growing. Other than that, we just keep nice to it and thank and give it a little bit of blessing every day. I don't know anything about blood sacrifice or nothing. And my family just makes up whatever it can just to get its way or to make excuses using, oh, we got to keep the harvest goddess. In check. And that's what led to the whole incest bullcrap going on back at my place. So that's all behind me, but... All I know about with coyotes, you just got to treat them with respect and be nice to them and they'll be nice back to you. But with this and blood and rituals and what, you're not talking to the right person. Well, Elder Olaf said you were of the blood and this thing seems to have blood smeared on it. I would never encourage <clears throat> self-harm in, from another individual, but I don't know what other way of getting in here we have. Well, yeah, let's try it. He just, without thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the smears are not that big. So They're not, not like someone died here. They're so not like an open artery or anything. <laughs> no, it's more like the size of someone's hand. Mm. Would I just need to like just slip my uh, my palm or just a pinprick or what are we talking about? What are you trying to do? Well, how big? Okay, so the smear is like hand like hand shaped. Yes, I would like to. I'd like to cut open my paw and like smear blood on it. I just okay. do it without thinking. I'm used to getting cuts and bruises and all that. Um, when you do that, uh, mechanically, the next time you have to make a save with your hand, you'll be at disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do that, the statue seems to become transparent. Wow. Can we walk through it? Are you trying to? I'm going to attempt to, yeah. Yes. Well, look at that. Can you guys it come through as well? Oh, uh, it's an illusion. Yeah. You turned off the illusion, so now you can see through it. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess uh, I'll follow Chico. I'll follow along. Well, that was a really, that's a really interesting thing. I've never heard of something like that. That's, that's pretty great. I wonder if it would work with y'all's blood, too. Maybe I it just needs so. blood. Maybe, maybe it just needs my blood. He pulls out the sword that was just given to him. Well, we could check. <laughs> I mean, it's invisible <laughs> well, already, We'll do it if we come across another statue like this. If you do it now, <laughs> it's just a floating bloody handprint. Oh, yeah, I suppose you got a point there. <laughs> All right, so you guys venturing forth. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's the valley comes down like it is. Think Grand Canyon, but not quite that deep mm-hmm. is what you're dealing with here as you're walking through. So it's it's a deep gorge with a river flowing through it, huge mountains on either side of you. Um, as you got what people's, you're all the best passive intelligence with the group is four, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Uh, mi- minus four. Minus okay. four. I'm um, not sure how to calculate mine, to be honest. Well, it's, ha- well, it's half of your uh, intellect face. Uh, so then if it's you five. have a, Oh, okay. So you, his would be the highest, but well, all of you then spot, um, as, as you guys are walking, you start to see bits of metal and it starts kind of small. But as you guys are walking, you start to see big chunks of metal that looks like it's kind of melted. Um, some of it, some of it has obviously been like bolted together. Uh, some of it, it looks like. Some of it may be like a corner of something. And as you guys keep going down, you just start to see bigger and bigger pieces of what appears to be wreckage of some kind. Uh, this seems, is this, does it look like 
machinery as if some large device had broken apart? Yes. Are there any markings? Can I look to see if I see any visible markings? Um, yes. Uh, you see something on it that says Atlas Space Station. Mm. Um, I have a knowing... No, I don't have a knowing look. I have a confused look. <laughs> I'm sure well. the fire-breathing kittens have talked amongst themselves about the adventures they have been on, if you would like to. You know, actually, actually, right. I encountered Deirdre, and I believe that she had at one point worked on the Atlas space station. Oh. What's a space station? Uh, it's, one, it's, it's, one of those, it's a station that, they, that goes and it's floating in space, and something happened where... I heard the, a bunch of groups of fire-breathing kittens like took it down, like exploded it, and it oh. the exploded pieces came down onto the on on the in the Guasau around around these parts. So is that really this kind of that really wreckage? kind of a shame? Because could you imagine if we had a fire-breathing kittens floating space <laughs> base station? Yeah, that'd be pretty that'd be grand. Pretty cool. Um. DM, would it be possible for me to look around to see if there's any like intact piece of like artifact or uh, tech or even mystical wreckage? Where you, where you are at, it's mostly just big chunks of the hull. There's really nothing intact where you guys are. Ah, okay. All right, that's fine. Well, I guess uh, this is mostly just wreckage, so I guess we just keep moving. I'm assuming a big chunk of this might have been what blocked the water flow, but we'll have to find out for sure. Well, if it is something that's blocking the water flow, I do have something I can do. Well, the, uh, I don't know if it was the Elder, but the Orc specifically said something about a star falling from the sky. That's what I, oh, I completely forgot about that. I forgot to mention that, but yeah. This must be the star then. Did anyone survive that came down with it, or was it empty? I wasn't there. We'd have to ask Deirdre. Oh. Oh, well. I guess we'll find out soon. Well, now that we know what's going on, let's proceed. I hope we don't come across any, like, any monsters or nothing. So, uh, DM, at this point, are we still seeing a water flow, or is it... It, it, no. If anything, it is a trickle, maybe... Is is this wreckage that we're looking at currently further restricting it, or is it... It looks like if the river was flowing, it would flow over this stuff, no problem. Okay, so we just got to keep looking. All right. Yeah, like it it might create forward. some rapids around it, but it wouldn't stop the river. I okay. say we uh, proceed with caution, take our times, and hide in the shadows. I'm going to go ahead and have Chica roll for stealth. I don't know if everyone else wants to stealth or no. I'll, I'll, I'll stealth with you. your lead. Okay. Doesn't hurt to be a little secret and quiet. <laughs> That's one. I've won. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I got a two, so a little bit better. Oh, the duck man. is back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Arrow's like quacking back and forth with it, and then... Chico's like, like I don't know, maybe Chico's trying to do, like keep keep me from being doing. I, I, I love the image that the that the duck is just now part of the party. It's not. The, it's just there to quack. We are not stealthing. Is it the and, same duck? Yes. And didn't MythBusters prove that a duck's quack doesn't echo? So it's not echoing off the sides of the canyon at all. It's very eerie. 
Is that well, true? Good. Mythbusters tested it, if I'm remembering right, and like it echoes back really quietly. <laughs> uh, Errol's going to get out a piece of licorice and feed this duck some licorice. You know what? You now have a duck friend. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> this duck likes you, um, huh? and it's going to follow you around now. I'm cool with that. I like You ducks. can add that to future adventures. You've got a duck friend. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Aww. I'm going to call him Darkwing. <laughs> um sorry so, guys i didn't mean to disrupt our stealth <laughs> as uh, you guys nah, uh, we don't need to worry about it i think we're gonna be fine chico's just got in his head that uh we're gonna be fine no new reason to keep ourselves hidden nothing nothing bad could happen so we're just beeline it down the river or down the canyon yes to see um, what's down there as you guys round a curve in the river there is what you can see is a massive landslide it looks like something smashed into the side of the cliff caused a huge landslide um and at the base of it it looks like it's been dug out a little bit there is a door and above it it reads main engineering and inside are metal walkways, and you see a red light kind of flashing on and off. Hmm. So maybe there were survivors. Uh, definitely looks like we should investigate that red light. Or is it a trap? Hmm. What do you What do you guys think? Well, red usually means danger, so... Hmm. At the very least, it, we should try and figure out what it is, though. You never know what it could be. All right, I'm all for it. I'll go in there first if you want. Um, Wait, hold, hold on a second. I, I need to, before we go in, uh, now that we're going into the, like this deep, dark cavern, Chica's like, now hold on. Let me take a look at y'all. Wait, how tall is everyone here? You're kobold and you are... I'm a halfling, you're, you're a four foot. Crap, we don't have any big guys. <laughs> well, oh, I could be a big guy. Chica, we, we, once upon a time... Hold on. We did have a time. plan. Oh, sorry. Vincent, what were you saying? Vincent quickly like puts his hand in front of his face and then he transforms into uh, Olaf that he's just saw before. <laughs> there we go. All right. I don't know if you know the, about this arrow, but what we do is we get behind big guys like this <laughs> and I can just hide behind one leg and you hide behind another. All right, now let's go. Well, I was going to say we could stack ourselves and make a, 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 a 12 foot tall person, but this works pretty good too. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> it opens up the door. I didn't yes, know. Yes. I didn't know you could go larger. I thought you just went smaller. I can be anything you want me to be, baby. <laughs> uh, all right. So as you guys approach the opening, you you see pneumatic doors kind of trying to open and close. You know that. Like it, obviously a short in the system. Um, and you guys get in, and there's it's a long hallway, is what's in front of you. Uh, at the end of the hallway is a door, and in front of that door is a dead half orc with a burn going through him, like like through the center. Yes. Oh my. All right, I think we need to try that stealth thing again, guys. <laughs> All right, Darkwing, be quiet. We're, we're trying to stealth. 
Uh, would you? Would we be able to try and attempt to stealth through this area? You can attempt anything. All right. All right. I'm going to go ahead and stealth. I've got a six this time. I got a three. I got a six. It was a group, so more than half of you passed. Um, so you sneak down the hallway. Uh, this door is propped open by the body. As you approach, it and opens. This one's functioning. Just real quick, I would like to uh, look through this individual's belongings and see if he has anything interesting. Um, he has a great sword. And he's got some rough cut gems on him. Um, and roll two ten-sided die. Uh, percentile? Yes, please. 35? He's carrying 35 gold pieces. Ooh. Uh, about how many rough cut gems? Roll percentile twice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, 56 and 86? What are those together? That's quite a lot. Uh, 142, I believe. 142 gold pieces worth. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll say six. That works. All right, I'm not going to worry about this great sword. I was kind of hoping you might have like found something cool from inside of this place, but... Well, perhaps the gold and the gems were. All right, I'm ready to carry forward if you guys are. Yep. Uh, Victor will pick up the great sword and just put that on his back. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, you're big now. Much <laughs> So you guys are sneaky, so you peek into the room, and in the room, it, it looks like at one point this was a storage area. There's shelving. It's metal shelving. It's kind of fallen over in places, uh, and hanging from the ceiling appears to be a broken gun of some sort. I will... It looks like it's mounted in the ceiling, but oh, it's, it's, very, it's broken very large. and hanging at an angle. What was the question? I'm sorry. Is it very large? Yes. That's quite a large gun, guys. I'm tempted to pry it from the ceiling, but it would make a lot of noise, so... Does it look like it's dangling from something thin? It looks like a metal arm was holding it at one point, and it had snapped. Oh, I forgot to mention, on the far side of the room is another... Uh, it's a smaller door that looks like you could crawl through it, but there is a door there. Hmm. Smaller door that you could crawl through. Okay. Um, I'm going to attempt to make my way to that smaller door then. Okay. You get there no problem. Um, mm -hmm. The door and opens up. Okay. I start to crawl through. Uh, you're crawling through. It gets to a T intersection. So uh, I get the... A crossroads. You can either go forward, left, or right. I remember this from from missions before. I go left. <laughs> you go left. Are Errol and Vincent with him? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll follow after Chico. Okay. I'll uh, transform I mean, back into uh, Cobalt and follow along, too. Oh, I was worried. Like, how's he going to... Oh, yeah, he can transform. <laughs> Are you still dragging the uh, greatsword behind you? <laughs> um, actually, what I do is I take the sword and I take the greatsword... And I sort of clap them together and cast uh, Shape Matter and just kind of make it so that they become a chest plate just to carry it with. Okay, I like hey. that. Errol, is your duck with you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so you went left, correct? Uh, the duck's perched on my hat. So. Gotcha. Uh, nice. Everybody needs to make a stealth check again for me. Group stealth check. Mm-hmm. 
Alrighty. Sneaking through the vents. Seven. Four. A one. <laughs> Stuck. So you reach another doorway. And when this one opens, you hear intruders detected. Initiate defensive protocols. And that red light that's been flashing, it's ever present. Like throughout the whole building, there's this red flashing light. It now goes purple and it starts going. Eh, eh, eh. Oh no. I don't know what purple means. I'm scared. <laughs> um, red means danger. What does purple mean? Yeah, maybe we should have taken a right this time. <laughs> Is there anything I can see outside the door now that I've opened it? Um, now that you've opened it, inside are four more dead orcs and two more broken guns hanging from the ceiling. We are the guns. Okay, so we heard this coming from like a mechanical voice saying that over like an intercom. Yes. I imagine. And you can't see the whole room from where you are, but when it opened, you can see there's a wall in front of you. Um, it looks like there's some consoles there that have been broken and smashed from the crash. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's the dead orcs, and then from where you can see, two broken uh, turrets are hanging from the ceiling. And they're not moving or anything, so I, I look back and think, I, I know it's saying that, but I think we're good to go. And I kind of, I start to crawl out of that little door and look around, step up and look, and try to get a better view of things. Um, to your left, it, this room, again, consoles everywhere, mm -hmm. uh, to your left is a doorway that you can walk through, and to your right is another small door that you could crawl through. Mm, do we follow the left-hand rule again? Hmm. Well, when in doubt, go left. Let's go left. All right. <laughs> All right. So you guys go <laughs> left. Uh, are you trying to be stealthy, or are you have you given up on stealth now? Well, they kind of know that we're here at this point. There's a giant, uh, a loud alarm going off and flashing lights. I think, I think they know we're coming. But who okay. is they? <laughs> they're survivors or they're whatever those, whatever controls those guns. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, do you want one? Because I, you were saying you were tempted, but you weren't sure in case we made a loud noise, but I think they already can hear us. Yeah, mm -hmm. let me, uh... Now, hold on a second. Let me. Now, you said they're hanging. What? Why would I attempt to do if I can? I want to attempt to throw my carrots at like a joint to like tear them off the ceiling. Um, upon closer inspection, it looks like they have taken a serious bit of damage. Like mm -hmm. people were hitting it with swords and casting spells at it. Mm -hmm. Um, it would take a lot to pry this out of the ceiling. If, if the uh, damage it okay. did to hit it didn't take it down, it would take you a while. You you would need some serious tools to basically solder this or to like cut this thing through. Um, I have a spell that can shape metal. I can just sever the joints, pull it down, and repair it. Do you have spell slots like you do in D&D? Only if you upcast. I okay. did that earlier. I think someone upcast something else. I think it was Errol. Yeah. If you want to, you can try. All right. I would like to try and take down one of the guns. 
Okay. Um, spells are intelligence based, correct? Um, they don't really have like a casting modifier. But... Basically, I'm going to make this an intelligence check because this is basically you're trying to cut through titanium without ever having encountered titanium before. Yes, with magic. Yes. So we'll see magic against science, which one wins. All right. It's going to be a six. That's difficult, right? right? I just rolled a nine. Then you cut through. The thing falls, clang, hits the ground. There's sparking wires hanging from where it was uh, hanging on the the ceiling. Chico, uh, didn't you tell me about an individual named Ignatius that liked to work with machines? Oh, yeah, I sure did. Yeah, he he knows how to tinker with stuff like this. Uh, if we could get it back, I imagine he'd be very interested in this. Oh, yeah, totally. But does it work? And Chico's gonna... How heavy is this thing? It's pretty heavy. Um, tr- Think, like, have you ever seen the movie Predator? Think that, like, mini Gatling gun the guy <laughs> carries around... <laughs> That's about the size and weight we're talking. Well, from the rules, I'm not going to have you look up the actual weight, but from what I can tell, this is pro- this is probably heavy enough to where I can't carry it around, but it's light enough to where I can deadlift it, which is like lifting it while it's on the ground, but not being able to carry it with me. So you, I, could, car- goes to li- hmm? you could carry it, but it would slow you down. I would uh, say you'd be at half speed. Hmm. Well, and I'll look at uh, Vincent... Well, if you were able to transform back into that, that big fella, uh, Olaf, would you be able to oh. carry it? Oh, well, uh, despite the way that I look, my physical capabilities don't actually change. Sorry. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, how about we just leave it here for the moment, and maybe we can come back and snatch it on the way out. Yeah, I think it's just going to slow everyone down. Everyone's got their own abilities, and carrying around this big thing is just going to slow everyone down. Oh, well. Roll an intelligence check for me real quick. Anybody or? Everybody. Oh, okay. That's a 10. That's a 7? A 2. It exploded, so that's a 16 total. Okay. With a 16, I'm going to let you say, you know, in the corner over there, it looks like something that might be a, a dolly on wheels that maybe you could load it on there and pull it as a sledge. Because I like the idea of you guys hauling this around, and <laughs> I want to reward the players for creativity. <laughs> I think we'll have to give up on stealth, though, but it sounds like we can do it with this. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we I... just went from code red to code purples, so I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I, th- I think stealth's no longer an option, so let's just, go- let's just go. It's code purple, everyone. All right, so we carry it through this left door, then? Yep. Or okay. The- or did we pass through that door already? Uh, no, you had not passed through that door yet. Okay. Um, so outside this door, the doors slide open, um, is a hallway to your left and right. You know, this door and exits out into a hallway. Um, and to your left, you see above a door, it says security. And to your right, you see a door that says uh, reactor core backup or auxiliary excuse me auxiliary reactor core um and right by the door to your left where it is security there is a dead orc and to your right is a turret 
that has damage done to it, but it is now locking on to you. Oh no. Ooh. You it is not surprise, so you guys get to act before it will fire. Is it uh what size is it? Is it medium? Same size. All the turrets look identical. No, I mean like a mechanically tiny, small, medium. Oh, we'll say medium. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and use uh, Mage Hand again. Let's see how this goes. If, if y'all are cool with me going in first again. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Um, so I will upcast it again. <laughs> use another spirit point here. And uh, it's, a, it's a strength check for the turret. It's got to be a four plus. Oh, five plus? Four plus. Four plus. It did not make it. Okay, so... Um, now, I don't imagine I can pull it from the ground, so it's probably just going to be locked up a little bit because it says the target can be a creature or it can be a loose object. And it says loose object. So let me see if, if what's picturing in my head works for you. So let's say you cast Mage Hand and you kind of grab the turret by the barrel and it will be at disadvantage to hit you guys because it can't aim properly because your Mage Hand is kind of pulling it out of alignment. Does that sound fair to you? That, that that will work for me, yes. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, that's my turn. That's a whole action. All right. Well, Vincent is going to raise up his staff, and he's going to um, start charging magic missile. Now, because of how this works, uh, if I charge three, I have to forego my current turn and then fire all three at my next turn. So he steps out of the hallway, back into the room, charges all three, and waits for his next turn. Okay. And that's it. Chico? Let's see. I'm going to use a feature called Skirmish, and I'm going to just get out of there before I get hit and get myself to a better position. So what I'm using from Skirmish is, yeah, I have three choices. I'm going to perform Vanish. So I'm going to dash, and then as soon as I'm in my dash, I'm going to hide. So, and I guess that'd be a stealth check. After, to hide, but I dash to like some full cover, at, wherever like around the door, around the wall, where I can okay. still see the turret, but out, but out of out of place, and I'm going to roll a stealth check to hide so I don't get targeted. So that's so you're good. stepping back into the room you stepped out of. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, and just standing around the corner. Okay, so kind of like standing. So both Vincent and Chico have backed back into the room and are kind of looking around. You are peeking around the corner to see the turret and trying to hide out of its line of sight. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Okay. But I'm, I've got to attempt to hide, though. So that's a D10, and I got a six. That, yeah, that's fine. Okay. That'll work. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. Okay, but that's all I can do. I'm not attacking. I, I Like I said, I use skirmish in order to dash away and then hide immediately. Okay. So I'm in um, stealth now. That means that Errol is the only one it can fire at, so it is going to fire its two shots at Errol. Two? Yes, it fires twice. Uh, you are hit for a total of eight points of damage, Errol. Oof. And that was a disadvantage, right? Oh, I forgot disadvantage. You were hit for four points of damage. Oh, that's better. I rolled two twos. <laughs> All right, Mage Hand, help me out there. All right, so is that back to me? Yes. All right, so uh, Mage Hand does have some other things I can do. Uh, one of them is Crush, and it would uh, it would take Eldritch damage equal to half the number of faces on your fighting die. My fighting die is a D10, so that would be five. If 
if you're okay with that, if you want to half it, that's fine. Just whatever you that works Not, for you. And so, it would be essentially trying to crush the barrel, I guess. I like that. And I will say you crushed one of the barrels. It can only fire once now. Awesome. But that would be my action. All right. And Vincent's going to rush out into the hallway and fire all three darts. Uh, each of them does half of my um, fighting die. So in total, they'll do 15 points of Eldritch damage as it just slams into the turret. Woof. You hit it so hard with those, it actually falls from the ceiling. Ooh. Wow, that was awesome. Excellent job, guys. I only took a couple of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea hiding. I should have thought of that. <laughs> Man, I didn't want to take any chances after after that big fight we just had. I don't have big Olaf around to do his magic, but I, I was going to get do something, but man, my, my hand from... Ugh. Oh, that's right. You guys never healed. I will say along the way to the the coyote statue you guys took a short rest so you can all be back at full hit points where you were before you had this encounter mm -hmm. well that would be i would be at 20 then but i'm still taking that four damage i mean i don't want to force a short rest on you but i figured if you're walking for hours at some point you would have stopped and taken a breather mm -hmm. do you think that's yeah, fair probably yeah that sounds yeah. yep I mean, some of it was just, you know, kind of looking at things like we weren't just running the entire time here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, you said there was a security area and then a auxiliary reactor. Yes. To your left, the door above it says security. To your right, it says uh, auxiliary reactor core. Well, guys, I don't think security is any interest to us. All that's probably there is more turrets. What's a reactor core? I don't exactly know, but it sounds very technical, so... We should mm. go check it out. I think so. Yeah. Let's check out the thing we don't know. That's a great idea. I don't mean that sarcastically. <laughs> I mean that enthusiastically. Let's go. I'm first. I mean, in my experience, security <laughs> does nothing but either toss you out or apprehend you, so... They might have security outfits with, like, helmets and stuff. I don't know. I don't think that will fool the turrets, but... Oh, yeah, you're right. All right, I, let, let's go. Yep. I'm heading in to the reactor core room. Okay. Let's go. Uh, in the reactor core room, you know, the doors slide open. Um, are you guys just walking in, or what are you doing? Hmm. Well, after that turret, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stealth in again. I'm going to attempt to sneak in with a stealth. We'll say it's a four. And I've got a six. You made it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll stealth as well, because even if he's pushing that cart, maybe we can still, the majority of us maybe can be undetected. Unless you want to leave the cart here. I forgot about the cart. Roll with disadvantage, whoever's pulling it. Um, I think uh, Vincent would probably be pulling it, but I think he would leave it in the room as we're reaching the next one. Um. What he would do is he would let the other two uh, sneak ahead. He would just charge his uh, magic missile as they're traveling forwards. Cool. I got a six. All right. So Chico and Errol sneak into the room. Vincent's locked and loaded. Uh, inside are two turrets that are floor mounted. Um, and you see 
what looks like you guys have run into robots. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, graveyard shift. Um, something that kind of looks like graveyard shift seems to be holding two uh, parts of a wire together, like a big, like cable thick thing together. Does he seem to be moving, or is he station completely stationary? He is completely stationary, just holding that together. I'm a bit worried about that guy. He looks a lot like Graveyard Shift. Not a lot like Graveyard Shift, but I'm just saying you guys have seen robots, so you know mm-hmm. what an automaton looks like. He didn't look to be moving. I I go ahead and slowly approach him. I actually come out of cover, just kind of slowly approach him, whatever it is, and say, "Are you alive?" Hello. Um, once you come out of cover, the turrets are going to activate, Uh-oh. and forgot it about is that. now a battle. <laughs> oh no! Whoops! I forgot, forgot about, about the turrets. The turrets. Too. <laughs> Did the guy react though? Uh, no, no. Well, that answers my question. <laughs> He's dead, guys, and if well, we don't react, so will we. Oh, as no. you, now that you're close to him, you can see that you know there, there's lights. That should indicate that he has power that are not powered on. I see. Um, and on the back it says repair droid number seven. Mm. Mm. Uh, so who wants to go first? You have two floor mounted turrets in here. Ah, uh, floor mounted. Okay. Well, in this case, Chico, you are in the line of fire. Would you like to go first in this instance? Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing I did before, doing the the skirmish, aka vanish. And I should go ahead and flavor it by when he does it, he does his little jutsu hand thing and then he he explodes in the hay and left behind is like a straw man. But since we're on a metal, since it's, I'm pretty sure the floor is metal, right? Yes. Usually it's sticking the ground to stay there. But when he does that, it just spins around for a minute and then just plops to the ground. And then he goes to hide front, around the doorway like before, like the last battle. Okay, so you're out of the line of fire? I'm attempting to. Let me roll for it, because that's going to be a stealth. Oh, yeah. I definitely did with an eight. Okay. Uh, GM, I never really broke stealth. Would I be fine to continue to hide at the moment? Uh, Go ahead and make another stealth check with disadvantage now that the system has been activated in here. All right. A five and a six. Five and a six. Yeah, no problem. You're hidden. Um, so I will try to, uh, is there any form of cover in this room in particular? Um, so the room has the two turrets on either side of the room. The, the droid will say is standing center, right, holding the, the cables together. Uh, and throughout the room, there are a couple of consoles here and there, uh, that you could hide behind. What, uh, just as a quick glance without like super investigating it, does it, is it obvious what the cables are going to in the room? Yes. Um, you can see the cable goes to a very bright glowing box is the best way I can describe it at the end of the room that seems to be fluctuating in its brightness like, it'll start to brighten, and then it'll dim really quick. Then it starts to brighten, and then it dims really quick. Um, and on the other side of the room, the the cable that comes through there, you see it has coolant matrix written on it. Mm, interesting. 
So uh, I have a different idea. Instead of just hiding behind this, uh, would I be able to move in six to get behind one of these turrets if I skirt around the edge as best I can without attempting to not be seen? Yes, I will say you can do that, but it's going to be a difficult one, so you will need a six? What's difficult? Yes, a six. Would it still be a disadvantage? Uh, no, I'm not going to say disadvantage this time. Um, what can you do with spirit points aside from upcast spells? Can you do anything to help your rolls? You can put, yes, you can burn one. What's the mechanic on that? I think it's called push your luck where you know that happens when, when you're out of, uh, spirit points, I think. Oh, my bad. Maybe it, hold on. Sorry. I closed the rule book like an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> Come on. Does anyone else have the rule book open? Because mine is being really weird right now. What do you need to look up? Uh, can you spend spirit points to help skill checks? Oh, um, I have no idea. Stack the odds. You grant yourself yeah, advantage on a test. Uh, you must decide whether or not to do stack the odds before the roll. Okay. And it costs a spirit point? Yes. Okay. I will use one spirit point. I'm down to two now. And I will stack the odds to give myself advantage on the stealth check. Okay. If that's cool. A six and a nine. You needed a six. And All right. you, you are very, very sneaky. So I'm going to try and uh, sneak up behind one of the turrets. And uh, if, if I still have an action, that was my movement, right? Was that fine? Yeah, I'll say you still have an action. Okay. Well, it hasn't locked onto you, so combat hasn't started because Chico's out of the room. Okay. So unless Chico comes back in and makes himself a target, it doesn't know you're there. So I would like to find, uh, get behind the closest one I can get to and uh, take my rapier and use my stab attack to try and jab any power source or just whatever looks the most important in this machine. <laughs> just stab. Okay, um, I'm going to let you roll double damage on it, but it's basically going to be an attack. That's fine. All right, so a d10. A two. That's barely, if that's a success, this is barely a success. Well, a two is what you need to succeed, but I said double, so roll a second time for the oh, damage that, as well. that's right. Uh, six, so eight. All right, so it takes eight damage. Thank you. And now, since Chico is still not a target, it is going to shoot at you. Uh, I asked for it. Uh, what about my turn? Oh, uh, are you going to... Make your basically yeah, what's going to happen is if if you make yourself a target, there are two turrets. If you if you act in this battle, they will be able to shoot you. Hmm. Because combat happens simultaneously. Even if you go, then they go. They're shooting at you at the same time you're shooting at them. Does that make sense? Okay, that makes sense. So still, uh, it looks like it sounds like there's something going on in that room, and Chico just. Uh, poked his head out and around the side here, so I would step out and fire two magic missiles towards one of them and one towards uh, the other one. So one of them would take five, uh, ten points of Eldritch damage, and one of them would just take five. Uh, which one do you want to take ten? The one arrow hit or the other one? The one arrow hit. Okay. But I wouldn't fully expose myself, I would kind of poke around 
the corner edge and give myself half cover while doing so. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, it, who are you going, Chico, or are they firing now? Oh, is this the second turn? Uh, no. It's their, it's their turn. Chico went first because I allowed him to Yeah, get I went out. first. Yeah, he wanted me to do it since I was the first one that went. Eric. So what you did before is that combat was over because you left the room. The system didn't know he was there. Errol snuck around and initiated a new combat. Oh. So oh, what you did okay. first oh. was the lap oh. because in my mind, the system, okay. the threat isn't there. It can't shoot them. It goes back to where's the threat. It doesn't I know see. Errol's okay. there. Errol sneaks up, stabs it. Combat starts again. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm actually, I see who attacked what. So that turret is still up after being attacked by the two Eldritch Blasts? Yes, it looks rather damaged, though. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you see Chico poke out and you see him have a little uh, device. It kind of looks like a like a metal pin with a little button on it. And he just kind of pokes his head around. He's, he's out in the open now and he clicks down on it. And then... You see, you hear an explosion come from the the second turret, not the one that was attacked a bunch of times, just the other one, the one that the one that was hit the least. Okay. So what happens is he lay while no one was looking, he laid a potato on it, oh. and now he's setting off the C four. <laughs> <laughs> so I like it. So so do you second. have to roll a stealth check for that? No, I'm, you... I'm out in the open now. That was me. Oh, okay. I had, I, I flavor it as I have to actually have the device like at a certain range. It's, gotcha. it's a fireball. Essentially. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I'm following. So let me roll you. for attack. Okay, that's a seven. Okay, I did. That's a seven to hit, and that does seven damage to that. But since it's an odd number, it doesn't. I was hoping it was going to be an even and splash some damage onto that other one, but no. No, unfortunately. Okay, but now I'm exposed out in the open, so they see me too. Yes, which means. It is going to roll to see, well, the one that Errol is standing next to is going to shoot at Errol, but the other one is going to decide between the two of you. Um, Chico, high or low? Low. I rolled a two, so it's targeting at you. Mm -hmm. The first hit hits you for seven points of damage, mm -hmm. and the second one hits you for two points of damage. So nine. Yes. Uh, and the one shooting at Errol, you take a total of 10 points of damage. Oof. All right. Let me take a look here. Okay. These things do mm. a lot of damage, but they're not very tough. All right. So that would start back at my turn, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So I will slash at this thing again. A nine. Ooh. Okay. Uh, that kills it. How do you want it? What do you want to have happened there? How did you break it with your rapier? Um, seeing some coolant leak out from wherever I had stabbed previously, I go straight right back in there to try and uh, just tear it right open. And just, I guess, whatever coolant cools the system is just pouring out everywhere. So you pull out the coolant and the hydraulic fluid all just starts spraying out. And you see it just goes... And down power. Excellent. So there is one left. All right, so Vincent, mm. I think you went after me last time. Yeah. So, uh, quick question for the DM. Uh, what size category are these? Medium. Medium. All right, so I would like to 
actually what? run out there and lay my hand on the last turret. Okay. And I would like to upcast Shape Matter using uh, a spirit point and cast Ruin. The target takes damage equal to three times the number of faces on your fighting die if the target is made out of uh, metal in my case. And my fighting die is 10, so it would do 30 points of damage to it. Does it get a save of any kind? Um, actually, hold on. It may not have a save, but... Okay, it it doesn't work if it's a magical object or if it doesn't count as an object in this case. No, it's not magical, and I'll say it counts as an object. I mean, it's powered by technology, not by arcane magics. All right. Although, and I guess if we're using the technical term of arcane, it is arcane to you, but not magical. <laughs> then, yeah, it doesn't say that it gets a saving throw. It just says the target takes the damage. Then it makes a loud thundering noise. That thing explodes. Now, but because combat does happen at the same time, it is going to fire. Because it was firing at you guys at the same time you were firing at it. Makes sense. So the one firing at Errol... You take five points of damage. Oof. Who was the other one firing at? From before? Yeah. Because I was you, getting right? fired at as well. Okay, It. you are going to take six points of damage. Okay. But they are both broken down. Yep. And Chico's pre- inj- injured pretty badly after all that. He's like, ah! Yeah, I'm not, feeling, I'm, I'm not feeling so great myself. I could use a constitutional. You guys could take a short rest in here if you wanted. There are no more turrets. But man, I just saw what you did. I was worried because I was wondering how we're going to get rid of this this huge thing blocking the river. But now seeing what you were able to do with your with your magic, this, just destroy that turret by just holding on to it and touching it and doing Because mm-hmm. I saw how much it was able to do. You just... I just imagine you, cr- you just... It's like you turned into like a soda can. You just crushed it. <laughs> it's like, man, that was... I wonder if you could do that. Could you do that with this whole ages? I don't know what to call this place. This whole place? I could try, but it would probably take everything out of me. Or is there a way to blow this place? Just just kind of blow it up. So, uh, mm. GM, you said the cables were connected and it said something about uh, a cooling system. Is that correct? Yes. Cooling matrix. Oh, yeah, that that robot fella. So, I don't know whether I would know anything about this or not, GM. Should I make an intelligence check or anything? Yeah, go ahead and make an intelligence roll for me. I'd like to... Could I go ahead and make one as well? Because I'm... Chica's thinking on it as well. Ooh, Mm -hmm. I got an eight. An eight? Yes. Based on the technology of the turrets you kind of get the idea of how coolant works, and you guys have talked to artificers. I mean, you guys have a mech at uh, Fire Breathing Kittens that Flex Arcana drives around, so... <laughs> That's true. You guys are, so. are aware of the basics of, like, okay, here's a coolant system, so and would, this is kind of how it works. In this case, would this be, like, it would keep the core... Whatever's left here, would it... It disrupt or destroy this thing, or would it just shut the power system down? You rolled it. From what you can tell, there's power fluctuating because the coolant matrix is not attached to 
the core correctly. The machine, the robot is holding it together and it's not getting cooled properly and it looks like it's expanding and getting hotter and then a burst of coolant hits and it cools down. And then it starts to get hot again and then a burst of coolant hits and it cools back down. So if the cable is detached, it would explode. Are you detaching the cable? I'm just trying to understand what the ramifications would be. Then who are you asking that question? Are you praying to God? <laughs> I'm not here to give you solutions. I'm here to present you with problems. That is that is a good point. Chico, I really want to disconnect this cable. I'm not entirely sure what will happen. I think it might explode this whole place, which means we'd have to run. Or the other option is it just powers down the, the system. Well, shucks, how do we... How do we... Hmm... I say, I say we should go ahead and unplug it and get the hell out of Dodge, if you know what I'm saying. Just run as fast as we can, but we got to remember where we came from. Well, we took mostly lefts to get here, except for the last door was... Oh, yeah, the room, this room, yeah. Once we leave this room, we just take a bunch of lefts. Well, or be right. take a bunch of rights. Yeah. Yes. All right, and we should get back. You guys want to do that? You want to unplug this and... I'm down uh, for many, it. How many coolant... Uh... Attachments are there to the core? Three. Two of them are undamaged. One of them is being held together by the robot. All right. So for the connection for the coolant to the machine itself, does it have like uh, a metal connection where they it sort of docks or does it go inside of it? I, I, are, are you asking if you can unplug it? No, it's more... Um, I was thinking about... Using the spell that I had before, um, Shape Matter, so that I can attach to all three of them a delayed version of the Ruin spell, mm -hmm. so that it would just explode um, in about three minutes, giving us more time to escape. I will say yes, you can do that. All right. Well, guys, I think, uh, I, think I can put a delayed explosion on all three of those cords there, and we can take our time getting out if... That's what we really want to try and do. I love this idea, Vincent. And that would work. Just real quick, I'm going to case this joint to see if there's anything interesting in this room before we peace out of here. Well, we need to remember to bring that gun we got we found with us. Oh, yeah. GM, is there anything else interesting? Any knickknacks? Anything I can take yes. back? Yes. You find a battery that is advanced technology that we're going to call it magic that can be used to either recharge any magical item that has been depleted or power any sort of automaton that is dead and power it back to life. Interesting. There are also two laser pistols in here. You'll have to talk to Deidre for the uh, stats on that. I would say you guys don't know how to use it just by looking at it, but you'll get the same laser pistol she has. Chico looks at that um, broken down robot. Should we use that battery on that fellow over there? Um, I'm cool if you want to take the battery. I just want one of the laser pistols, if that's cool. Hmm. Uh, I think it looks like he's trying to put the place together. I'm not sure if he would be happy if we just... Well, if he woke up and we blew up the place. Well, this place has gone to hell anyway. I think, I think he, we can have him come to reason. Oh, fair enough. Right, I'm, I'm holding on the battery and looking at this guy. Well, it's worth a shot. We'll see what what happens. Being right. a hero and whatnot. And Are you cool with me got... pocketing this laser pistol real quick, though? 
<laughs> I mean, I'll take them both if y'all don't want them. Sure, go ahead. I'm pretty sure he'd try to retaliate if he's confused. There's nothing wrong with that. Animals do that all the time. And as he's saying that he puts his puts the battery in, tries to see if he recharges and turns back on. Um. So you he powers back on, mm-hmm. and uh, a little thing comes out of his chest, and he welds together what he was holding. The battery is now kind of in him, and then he goes around and goes back to the turret that uh, Errol destroyed and starts repairing it. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. I try to... Is he listening to me at all? When you try to say stop, 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 it says, unauthorized order given. And it continues to try to repair the turret. Can I explode him? If Um, you want to. Let's think about restraining him first. What it's trying to do is repair the damage that you guys have done. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to restrain him? Um, I've got you this rope here. You can try to take here. the battery out again. Yeah, that would work too. I try to take the battery out. Uh, roll a strength check for me, because it's Ooh. like plugged into him now. Mm-hmm. What is my strength? I don't uh, think it's GM. If it's okay, I'll try to assist him yeah. by grabbing the thing's arms and like holding him a little bit. Oh, okay. okay. I rolled an eight. It exploded. Oh, so I got a ten total. Never mind. You pulled that thing like pop straight out. I realized what was happening. I'm like, we'll do this later. <laughs> and I take that and I'm, how much, how heavy is this guy? He is a, a big, heavy machine. Mm. We could put him on the cart. Yeah, let's do that. I'd rather I'd save this guy's life than maybe once he's away from this, once we blow this place to smithereens, maybe he'll wake up or something. I don't know. Are you sure there's room? On the dolly? You can put a person on a dolly, I'm sure. This guy's like human shape. Yeah. I'll say you can you can put him on the dolly and he can hold the turret if you want. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry about awesome. stealth no more. So I'll take the turret and put him on the dolly so we can carry him with the dolly. I'll keep a hold of that battery as well. All right, look, guys, as we're walking away from this thing, when it explodes, don't look back. <laughs> All right, so as you guys are crawling through, like right before you exit, you see a sign by the side of the door you're about to exit, and it says, in case of water landing... Please take inflatable raft. Oh. I just, it's just like ding. I think we need some, an inflatable raft. Because once this place blows up, that whole canyon is going to be filled with Russian water. Well, let's search this place. Do we see one anywhere in the area? Maybe in security. Right because by the door, like by the sign, there's a little box. And inside's a little yellow square. All right. I'll pick that up as well. And on it, it says inflatable raft. How convenient. All right, let's make our way out of here safely. And then, well, first up, set those charges, uh, Vincent. I'll do the honors. He touches all three of them, and they start glowing and humming as uh, a field of energy starts vibrating around them. All right, we got about five minutes. Let's get out of here. All right, so you guys are just booking it down. Out, trying to get out of this valley before it blows. Um, you hear the explosion behind you. You start to hear the water rushing behind you. What do you guys do? I throw out that inflatable raft and I don't know how this works. I'll hop in. It It's very clear. There's like a pull cord that inflates I'm it. I'm freaking out still, but someone else has to do it. I'll pull the pull cord. I'll throw it down. I didn't think about this. Hop it in, Chico. 
You guys hop in right as the water smashes into you and you go, you know, over those rough rapids I was talking about that, you know, those the fallen debris was going to create rapids. Mm. You sail down the the twists and turns of this river. I mean, you guys are this is a flood that you're just riding. Um, And eventually it starts to kind of even out. Now you're just sort of riding with the river on this inflatable raft. GM, if it's okay, I'm going to summon my mage hand and use it as a rudder to, like, maneuver us a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to slam the battery back into this fella and ha- get ready to take it out in case he's like, oh, um, intruder's detected, and starts okay, trying you, to kill us. You plug it back in, and he perks back up and says, repair, 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 what, repair, repair. Uh, can, you, can, you say, can you talk to us? Do you understand what we're saying? Hello? I'm waving his hand, smiling, like, you can talk to us, right? There's nothing left to repair. You can repair this, though. And he holds out the gun turret in front of him. (laughs) He looks very pleased and starts, like, fine. It it won't have power, but he's doing repairs to it. Excellent. I think he he just has to do something with his hands. I, I know that feeling. I think we did a good job. Good thinking, Vincent. Thank you. So do you guys want to... He has something to do. Do you guys want to ride the river all the way down to uh, Back Mountain to the, Home? That orc encampment. Yeah. Oh, Chico. Mm-hmm. Hmm? All right. Here's what we do. When you enter the town, I think that you should, before we enter the town, I think you should try and yip to draw those coyotes that you befriended earlier. And I think we walk into town with the coyotes. And then we say that the coyote deity... Mm-hmm. chose Bye. you mm-hmm. and gave you a blessing by clearing the river and that all is well and that uh, the end has not come. I love that idea because we're lying to him and that's exactly what Mai would do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. But so with, a, actually... with a coterie of coyotes, they will definitely believe that that happened. Yes, and the coyotes will definitely side with me because I, I gave him some food. Yep, uh, that I was I was going to make them ask you for a snack, and then I forgot you gave them food. Uh, yep. So you yip, and those three coyotes come, and they're actually with their pack. So there's actually like seven or eight of them. Oh, um, nice! And they kind of sniff around you and got any snacks? Not right now. We need your we need some help now. You just you just follow behind us, and we'll get you all the snacks you want. Promise. Promise. Errol has hidden the duck under his hat. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> the snack. No, One no. He's kinda... hiding. He's hiding the duck under his hat. <laughs> One of them kind of sniffs it and then walks away. He's not interested in duck. <laughs> um. So you so, guys triumphantly enter uh, back to the the I called it mountain home. Um. There's sort of a a, a reverent silence as you're leading a pack of coyotes through. Mm. Um, Olaf looks at you and sees that the river has fl- is flowing again, and he turns to the people and says, Emu flows once more. The old world has not passed. Old laws and old rules still bind us. These three heroes have restarted eternity. One is of the blood. Do you wish to raise him? And you hear a cheer. Oh, and he turns shucks. to you and says, would you care to take your place as an elder? 
uh, I I sure do appreciate it. He's blushing. He's just like rubbing the bag of his. I really do appreciate it. But I got I got other things that tend to. He back, leans down. Back. He leans down next mm-hmm. to you as you're like uh, I don't know. And he goes, look, just say yes. Vote not to attack the town, and we'll owe you. Oh, oh yeah. And I wink and I'm like, yeah, I get it now. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I will take on this position as the new elder of this town. And the three guys that you beat earlier just look really mad about that. And Olaf turns to the crowd and he goes, I ask for a vote. Do you vote to attack the people of Briar's Glen? No. I vote nay. And he looks at you. I vote no. The attack will not begin. And there's some cheers, some boos. And he goes, if I were you, I would leave now. Yep. Let's get going, everyone. Thank you, Elder. Thank you, Elder Olaf. Yes, Elder Olaf. We certainly do appreciate everything you're doing. And keep this town safe and keep doing what you're doing. May Ma'i go with you. As with you. And you you as well. (laughs) And, (laughs) And as you guys are leaving, you see a couple of like scuffles break out. Like it doesn't look like there's going to be a civil war, but there's definitely going to be some, uh, some fighting going on in that camp that night. They're going to feel that in the morning. Yep. That happens all the time on the farm. I think my age just <laughs> enjoys these blood baths and whatnot. Well, not blood baths, but you know, these tussles. Anyway, let's go back to the village and get our reward. Okay. Are you guys just going to go straight back or do you want to do anything before you get there? I'm down with heading straight to Briar's Glen. Um, I think Vincent would just, on the way back, speak up and just say, You know, I don't even know why there's a bounty on my head. I didn't take any money when I left. Yeah, it comes to simple misunderstandings and whatnot. Look, Vincent, you're you're clearly capable, and and, uh, you did well in this adventure. If you need help handling that, I, I hold no judgments. Whatever happened there, I'm willing to help you. Yep, same here. I've had fire-breathing kittens help me in my situation, and I'll do the same for you, my friend. Oh, thank you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I don't have to go back, though, but I do appreciate it if you're going to come with me. All well, right, so... <laughs> if, any, if anything, uh, what's, what's his name? I have it written down somewhere. Can't remember the name of, uh, what's the name of the... The mayor? Kalemon. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> if anything, we'll run the Kalemon and get you sorted out. <laughs> yeah, I think that would that would be a good idea, yeah. Maybe you'd be able to help us out with figuring out what's going on. But you can't ask him directly. He has to just show up. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as you guys uh, get to town, Sidney McCready greets you there and He's like, oh, jeez, I'm so glad you guys are here. Oh, did did you uh, did you solve the problem? Yep, there was just a water blockage up in the pipes, so and we got cleared up for you, Miss. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Well, I know, I know the the going rate for fire breathing kittens is five thousand gold pieces for each adventurer. So you know, I got the 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 case over here, and she. It's a big, heavy crate that she puts down, and inside is 15,000 gold, 5,000 for each of you. Oh, that's very nice. This is going to make a big, this is a nice big jingly sack of cash. Kind of see why, uh, what, what's her name? I think they're going by Jane. I see why she likes his money so much. Got that nice jingle and nice gold sheen to it. 
I can get well, used to this kind of pay. Well, you know, that's one yeah. thing about Firebreed Kittens. I, I don't like to mention that much, but we get paid pretty good when we do a good job. Well, you certainly saved the town, and we owe you a big one. Sydney McCready, it was a pleasure working with you. We appreciate the reward, and it was, it was an awesome adventure. Oh, well, thank you so much. I heard your that- casserole is amazing, by the way. Oh, well, if y'all want to stay for the party tonight, there's going to be tuna surprise. Excellent. <laughs> you guys want to stay? I could, I could use a nightcap here. All right, so you guys Why? stay. The party shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I'm a little beat up still. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> there is a delicious potluck served. Every casserole you can imagine under the sun is out. There's eight things that are called salad with not a vegetable in sight. Uh, you know, <laughs> jars of mayonnaise and everything. Very oh. Midwestern. <laughs> hey, um, are there any? I asked her if there's anything that needs to be repaired. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of uh, you know those burnt out buildings out in the edge of town. There's always we'll ha- some we'll, work to we do. We have the the perfect person to do that. Um, does this? Does he have a? Does oh oh. You said repair ro- robot number seven, I think is what yes, you said. Yes, repair bot number seven. Repair bot, se- repair bot seven. We got a job for you. It walks over. Repair? <laughs> <laughs> Love this now. Yes, repair the houses. Repair, repair. And it walks outside just so happy. It's not necessarily going in the right direction, <laughs> but he is so excited to go repair things. Y'all, I'm picturing that NES robot thing from, uh, do y'all remember that from like the 90s? Rob? Yeah. Rob. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, 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 I tell her, uh, you're going to need to help give him, put him in the right direction. He's not that bright, but man, he sure does love to repair. Well, we really appreciate it. Any help we can get around here is always a benefit. GM, is Kalamon in the vicinity? Uh, if you want him to be, sure. So I will search him out real quick, and uh, I will hand him one of these laser blasters. And I'll say, uh, Kalamon, buddy, you're, you're always there when I need you. So I thought I'd repay you. I snatched this thing off that spaceship we were on. Oh, well, thanks. This might come in handy. Oh, and she go remi- goes to remind Errol. Errol, wasn't this something you wanted to do when you got back? Or was this it? I think this was it. This. Oh, okay. Oh, I I think it was. we were going to ask him about what was going on with the bounty and all uh, that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Kalamon, Um, can you let us know if you get any information on this bounty on this Vandrix the Fifth? We were very curious on why he has a bounty on his head. Well, uh, about a month ago, he returned after being banished and raided his father's treasury and stole all the gold. Do you know, uh, do you have a description of the individual? He describes Vincent at the beginning of the episode to a T. Hmm. Are you the, uh, Victor, are you the only individual that can change forms the way you do? No, uh, there's others out there that can do the same. Any that might want to... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was about to say, well, there's your problem. This ends our main adventure, the epilogue. A month ago, Vincent, or someone that looks exactly like him, walks out of his ancestral home 
with a horse laden with gold. As he walks into the night, his face changes. He looks like a very rich dwarf. He has a deep southern drawl. His face changes again. He looks like a wanderer, a drunkard, and he smiles and walks off with the gold. Fade to black. This has been oh, Fire no. Breathing Kittens. Uh, joining us tonight was Errol. Darkwing, this adventure was quacktastic. Vincent? I am really concerned about this bounty on my head. What will happen next? Chico. Man, things have just been getting better and better. Good pay, doing good things around, helping people out, and learning more about my ancestry, though. It, I don't even think it much matters as long as we're doing the right thing and tricking people, you know, just having fun with it. But overall, I'm glad to be a part of Fire Breathing Kittens. Well, thank you all for joining us, and join us next time for Fire Breathing Kittens. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Have you heard of Reading and Writing Podcast? This podcast has interviews with authors about their books, their writing habits, their favorite novels, and how they got started writing. Recent episodes include an interview with Mark E. Scott, the author of Drunk Log, Denise Crittenden, author of the novel Where It Rains in Color, and Tori Whitaker, author of the novel A Matter of Happiness. Check out Reading and Writing Podcast.